Yeah, no, this... Talking pies. Talking pies, raspberry pies. No, this pie girl PCB thing, then it turns out, like, the library is heavily depreciated and no one really uses it anymore. Okay. But then everybody still seems to use it, so I don't know. Like, I might just put it together and see what happens. You can have Um, a tinker. That's what you like doing at the end of the day. At the end of the day. We all like to tinker with different things. I've got a temperature and humidity sensor. Ooh. I've got a... What's this Whenever you need that. (laughs) Whenever I need that. I've got a pressure, temperature and humidity sensor. It's feeling a touch humid in here. Let me just check. Oh, yeah. I I put it on yesterday. I was like, it's not 31 degrees in here. And I realized, like, oh, no, it's surrounded by fucking hot screens and a PT (laughs) that's been on for the last two hours. And You're just just used to it. Just used to being in a... Uh, a room that's just powered like a like an oven through electricals. Oh yeah, like it's gotten so bad that I'm now soldering things. Oh, I remember doing I that t- back in year seven. Oh yeah, I have two soldering irons. Nice. It was always pretty fun though, like doing oh, the little liquid lot, metal and all that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But then you realize, oh god, I've soldered these two picos to this PCB and none of it works, and I don't know why. It, it does seem pretty scary and not probably not permanent, but no, it's like it's very easily recover- recoverable. But also, I just cannot be fucked for three pounds. Anything finicky or that requires dexterity is not my sort of thing. No, That's why I, I just get people to do it for me and I pay them. Oh yeah, like I am completely and utterly useless at holding a steady hand because there is a thing called the loins of shakes that we have running in the family <laughs> where. All the men just seem to have like the shaky hands. Oh man! Um, it just it it just runs in the family. Like we've no idea what it is. Probably a lack mm. of something, vitamins or whatever. You just need more caffeine. More caffeine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. My current adventure is I am going to try make my own little retro Game Boy thing. Oh, that's cool. I've I've kind of been advertised a lot of things like that. Yeah, these, so these like, little kind of homemade retro consoles sort of things yeah so a lot of them are like 3d printed and i think a lot of them are like unintentionally ugly because it's just what they've retro aesthetic yeah like some a lot of them look like either original game boys or game boy colors Mm. or and i'm like eh, i'm kind of brick sort of thing yeah yeah. i kind of want to make one that looks a little like a do you remember the old Pokemon minis? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to make one that looks like that. That'd be nice. Um, a little round, mm. a round boy. So I've got two little LC, LCD and OLED screens here. Ooh. Um, IPS. We'll talk about OLED screens later. Oh, yes. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a fascinating trip down this rabbit hole and then discovering like you know oh i need to go this way for this and this way for that and then uh, and then now for some reason i slightly understand python oh i don't know how that happens but now i understand some of python it's like when you move to a different it's like when you start like um hanging around people who speak another language and you just sort of pick up bits and pieces when you know you've watched too much anime and you're like yes understanding words (laughs) i'm understanding things it's like is this education (laughs) um but no other than that like 
it has been a the, the reason for the distance between podcasts and mm. the conversation of what we do with said podcast in yes. the future which i think this episode might be the test bed for one of the ideas of just focusing oh. in on one we're doing game. it live <laughs> one, yeah we're doing it live i did i, I had, had when you said like oh let's do a big boy metroid one and i was like i was like yeah, I, I will. I will front with you right now. I I couldn't help myself, and I did end up writing notes for other stuff that I have played. But I will oh. breeze through it very quickly. Oh yeah, no, I have I have Deathloop <laughs> to talk about. Oh um, god, yeah, I'm actually a bit more interested in that than I was before. So um, yeah, I'm the, curious to hear what you have to say. And also my adventure with. Oh, I guess we might as well just jump straight into it now. But oh, my, it's Beanstalk. Ah, <laughs> oh, Beanstalk. I'm Joel. This is Jacob. Is it still called Beans Talk? I don't even know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It might be for the next few episodes while we figure things out. Sure. I don't know. Um, but yes, no. I So before we talk about the big elephant in the room, which is Metroid Dread. Um, it's going to get heated. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get heated. No, it won't. Um, no. Oh, we respect uh, each other's opinions. Respect each other's opinions and just never talk to each other ever again. Um <laughs> No, the 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 thing I wanted to talk about was uh, I hacked my switch. Oh, okay. I don't or, know if you were going to actually say this on the podcast or not. I don't know if it was yeah, like, taboo. Like for emulation purposes. Yeah. Like, so, um, yeah, exactly. It is also like I am dumping all my physical games onto an SD card, so I don't have to root have to around. Carry that around. My, yeah. I don't have to carry them around. I don't have to root around for things i just think this should be the way pc gaming has done well by it for the last two three decades mm. oh, of yeah. ditching the disc um well i'm currently living a, a physical media problem because i got this new switch and have been like shit i should break out my old case because i don't want to fuck up this new switch my old one was already past the point of caring but i'm like i've got this new one i want to protect it I have no idea what my old Switch case is, and that's got my copy of Fire Emblem in it somewhere. Somewhere. This is the thing. It's like, the other day I opened a Switch case, and it's like, it's the one thing that's my biggest bugbear of all gaming is like, when when I was like mad over uh, physical gaming stuff Mm. was like, everything needs to be in its own case. Yeah. Like, I need to know where things are because I have a terrible memory. Mm. Um for this sort of stuff so i i was like all right and so i opened my copy of mario odyssey and for some reason pokemon's in there hey. and mario <laughs> odyssey is still in my switch and i'm like well how did this get in here i remember the last time i swapped out any cartridges for anything was um when we did the mario podcast oh good lord wow yeah that's how long it's been um <laughs> so yeah, no, hacking the Switch, surprisingly easy. Can totally mm. understand why Nintendo put out a revision Switch silently, very quickly, you know, because, mm. boy, it took five minutes. Yeah, as soon as you kind of... Because I'll admit I've looked into it previously uh, I, for my so, old Switch. Yeah, so this I, I suggested it to you because I was like, well, Jacob keeps locking himself in his rumpus room to play Game Boy games. Yeah. And... <laughs> that's not fun so what if you just sort of sat downstairs and played 
games yeah. as they I, should because like, like you i can do like, it on my ipad but it is still more convenient to do it on a switch more than anything i would say yeah dedicated platform it's why yeah. i'm like you know it's why i'm now in the contemplation of buying another raspberry pi 4 Wow. Because I'm like, well, I need a dedicated RetroPie system because fucking swapping this thing out and in and out and reformatting stuff every time <laughs> I want to fucking play retro <laughs> games is a hassle, to say yeah. the least. Yeah, definitely. Um, but no, like, hacking the Switch, it, 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 in total, it cost me, it cost me a total of, um, I'd say, 15, I'd say about 15 pounds in total. The jig the jig thing where you slide it down the side of the switch to ground the two pins to put it into this reco- weird recovery mode that you're not supposed mm. to access. Um, that was only a fiver, but then I bought another SD card for it. And Yeah, I had that realization. Um, I was like, I'm going to have to buy another SD if I do that. Yeah, and, you know, like 128 gig SD oh, card yeah. is nothing these days yeah Yeah, and because the switch doesn't have access to the higher tiers of sd cards that you know like real big boys the real big boys and stuff like that it doesn't fucking matter what you throw in it it's gonna work regardless as long as it's not from wish which i learned a couple years ago oh we bought an Um, sd card from wish yes (laughs) said it was 128 gigs was four can confirm was not was not the switch did not know what to do with it i've only Um, bought anime figures off of wish and even they look a bit a bit off yes uh, i i've bought um well most of my wardrobe at the minute is wish t-shirts and it's the best (laughs) if 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 i had less of a stomach like i would it would be a good thing but no it's a nice ironic fashion choice yeah yeah (laughs) um but the the emulation side on switch is fucking fascinating because not only have people like done the work to port over um like gta 3 and vice city like yeah which is already being done officially as well yeah but like they've instead of like emulating it through like the ps2 emulator Mm. or like a ps2 emulator or anything because they're available on android they're very easily portable over to the switch because the switch is running the same hardware that's underneath a lot of like it's running the nvidia tigra chip so i didn't even consider the android yeah so that's why linux runs on it that's so weird (laughs) um getting linux to boot on my switch was the most was the weirdest thing in the world oh god yeah because not only does it work but it recognizes when you put it in and out of the dock oh Uh, so that's that's fascinating to me um i streamed some steam games to it oh wow um it basically becomes like a and because it also recognizes the joy cons as bluetooth controllers yeah like it's it is it is a fascinating device once you crack it open oh god yeah um but i think the best thing that's happened since i've done this is that there was a re-release i wrote a new story on pcguide.com oh. um there was a re-release of some sega saturn games um oh, so there is like an actual purpose to me hacking it other than like, oh, I got to play GTA 3 on a yep. Switch. <laughs> um, like the, the, at work, we are now going to be pushing into like looking at emulation and stuff like that. Okay. Of like 
you know, recommending builds and like Raspberry mm. Pi stuff that I'm working on ties in with that and everything. So mm. it kind of works out in that way. Sure. But, um, you know, we're not going to be recommending where to download your ROMs yeah. from, you filthy pirates. So it's dead easy to do <laughs> these days. You do not need to ask. Exactly. Google, Google will provide the answers for you, even if it doesn't want to. Not as easy um, as it used to be, though. No, not as easy as it used to be. And also a complete, utter minefield of um, viruses and oh God, yeah. pop-ups. And like pressing the download button is like a guess who of oh. what's a jpeg and what's a png exactly, yeah and what's actually the button um luckily i'd been trained on uh pirate wrestling live streams trying to find the yes. x to close down adverts oh my god <laughs> the uh it has led me to just completely bypassing that stuff and usually mm. like finding like a pack of 100 roms for the nes yep. um and then just torrenting it to my seat sure. box mm. so that i don't actually need to touch anything and it no. just and i can access it wherever i want <laughs> hmm. so yeah no the weirdest thing that's happened since i've done this is that there were these re-releases of sega assassin games on switch and ps4 um oh. you know like low end so not 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 very I'm trying, important to, I'm trying to think games. of different sega i'm trying to think of any saturn games i'm like daytona <laughs> uh cotton uh. 2 um like so the lights just your generic like ah this got Virtua lost fighter no it's like cotton two cotton like, two yeah um cotton guardian force um mm. basically they're just emulated sake assassin games so okay. gba temp the website that is very dedicated to um emulation and stuff mm. you know they went to fucking tech they were like very interested like oh how are they doing this because the sega saturn's not exactly the easiest console to emulate no um it took 20 years to crack the security system on the actual physical console wow crazy um because it one was forgotten to time but also two it's just mm. obscenely difficult to do yeah. um so emulating it has gotten better since then um uh, but the so people are like, well, what the fuck's going on here? And it turns out it is using a variation of like this closed sourced emulation project. Um, like this is an official Sega product as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just looked so it up. It looks like it's got like a proper, might even have like a physical, very limited physical release somewhere. But yeah, um, so like this this version on Switch has a excellent Saturn emulator built in hidden away hidden away in the files so Ooh. people have obviously torn that game apart and now they can just slot in whatever rom they want very nice and manage to get it working they're even swapping the textures out to make it a bit more generic so it doesn't have the two sidebars you know that cover up where the four by three is missing yeah, yeah, yeah so that you can just have like a generic sega assassin background on it or something yeah, cool um which is f- fabulous um Ooh. It is wonderful world on the Switch at the minute because it is just very interested. Yeah, like, and you know, like for emulation stuff, like being able to play GBA games and I think DS games in some capacity is is absolutely wild because they're just copying what Nintendo did on the Wii U anyway. And especially Um, when you look at Nintendo's current efforts when it comes to emulating their old catalog. 
obviously yeah there is a recording this the the recent news of the expansion pack for the online um (laughs) the n64 and genesis games being like double the price of the online subscription to have access to them alongside Uh, the animal crossing thing but even so it's just absolutely not worth it in the slightest oh no like the the only thing that's going to make that bump in price worth it is if they suddenly start if nintendo dump all first party dlc onto that sure as their version of game pass or whatever kind of like what uh microsoft and microsoft's done with um bungie uh so like destiny 2 all the dlc is just actively available wow on game pass now you're actually Um, speaking to a a brand new game pass subscriber mm. i finally got around to getting it so i can try running back for blood Oh um, yes, yeah. if you can, I'll well, probably actually try that out tonight. I might see if that works. Yeah, um, if it works, then we all should play it in the week. Um, but yeah, no. So other than the other than that, uh, I've been playing some Deathloop. I'm playing that for semi review for Wii PC. Um, mm-hmm. So I won't go too in depth here, but it's all right. It is. It is certainly one of those games. Mm. It is. A, it is an arcane arcane joint it is a it is microsoft bethesda's arcane's <laughs> death loop that is exclusive to playstation 5 and pc i imagine quite fast moving uh, uh it is it is much more it is much more fast paced than your dishonored or yeah. uh even like and it, it's like the complete opposite of prey um, mm. Where like it is encouraged that you just kill everybody because the bodies don't remain around. Um, yeah. I, so I, should on. I just like break down what the actual uh, the kind of the actual the, loop of death the, loop? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you are you are you play as Colt, um, a guy that is stuck on this island. Um, that is stuck within a day day loop. So like mm-hmm. it's Groundhog Groundhog Day, but with murder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and every every time that you die, you wake up back on this beach and you just restart and then you go through. Um, but also the catch is it's like so it's not completely um what's the word? What's the word? Roguelite. It's oh, not yeah. it, it like there is there is a progression system. There is you learn things and then you can apply that for the next day and stuff. But the point of the game is you are to kill all eight of these visionaries within one day, mm. and stopping you from do. And if by doing that you might unlock the secret as to how to break the loop so that you can escape the island. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then stopping you from doing that on the other side is Juliana, who is a psychotic, like, anti-cult. She sounds very cool, from what I've heard. She is. She's very cool. And you can play as her in the, like, invasion mode mm. thing. Um, oh, yeah. You can invade as well, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that sort of stuff, so I have that all turned off. I wouldn't have it on um, me. Which is thank thankfully it like doesn't penalize you, it doesn't matter. Um it just yes. spawns in it just spawns in a Juliana that's controlled by the um, uh by the computer, yeah. which is fine because it's still quite a difficult fight every time that she shows up. Sure. Yeah. Um but it's not like it's not like a 
so like the the thing that I really like about the game is that it's it is never it is never like overly focused on taking away control from the player like so the story just sort of happens as mm. like arcane have done a good job at like recreating like what made what what drags me into half-life every yeah. single time mm-hmm. which is the story goes on around you regardless of what you're actually doing and stuff like that yeah that's cool um you know stuff happens around you and everything so like a lot of these like when you get into a fight with a visionary they could just be standing around talking to another npc mm. there's no like setup to the boss fight and everything no. like that there's they no just happen to be in this position as you got yeah, to yeah like and the point of the game is to try and get them all into an area that is you know you can maybe kill them all in one go mm. um which i'm slowly starting to figure out so every time that you kill a visionary you learn something about them uh there's like a really cool animation thing do you remember that counter spy game that we played at uni oh god yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it has that sort of aesthetic and style to it all the way yeah, through that it was one of the things 60s. that did draw me to it yeah it's got it's got it's definitely got like a 60s like you know there's lots of jazzy guitars and stuff like that whenever you're in a combat situation and everything mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah but the thing i like like the thing i like about it most is cult he is hilarious. Oh, good. And not in a annoying way. Um, he's, you know, you learn more about him as you go along, but because he can't remember anything, which is great. Mm. But um, like when you learn, like he's tried to escape the island before, and then he t- and then he came back, mm. and then you don't know whether Juliana's lying to you <laughs> yeah. or. Colt actually did that because of course he would because he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, no, it's the the only things that I'm finding like troubling with it, like sticking with it is there is I would prefer it if it was a little bit more like I know some people have really enjoyed like turning off all the UI and just exploring and figuring it okay, out on yeah. their own. But I am not that type of person. I am mm. now in a moment. I'm now in a bit where I've like I've killed almost every visionary at least once. Okay, but separately yeah. and in different areas and stuff like that. And so now I'm trying to piece all the yeah, optimizing together. Route. Yeah, and the thing is, is like this middle bit is like it's just a lot of like it. It's not grinding. Mm. but it kind of is because you're like okay i need to get better arsenal i need to get better guns and then i can infuse it with this uh with, with this stuff like time stuff that lets you keep it between runs oh right yeah, um, yeah. so you build up a you build up a loadout basically and they're like an armory so every time mm. that you wake up at the start of the day you can change your weapon so you're not just starting with the shitty smg every single time yeah um that's kind of the progress in the in the roguelike sense of things. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like, um, I, I think it is Arcane's most stripped back mm. game, but not in, not in a negative, it's not a negative thing when I say that. It is, you know, you're not unlocking six different variations of grenades. They mm. just give you the three variations of grenades at the start of the game like um yeah i guess maybe it's just like the show the focus has shifted elsewhere yeah the focus is definitely on the mystery and everything like that and they just sort of like they've you know there's no hiding bodies behind stuff the bodies just disappear (laughs) into the ether yeah um 
enemies are deliberately made stupider. Because he's just um, going to be gunning down a load of them? Yeah, and, you know, the, it, it reminds me a lot of, like, original Metal Gear Solid, in that way, oh, where, right. like, oh, what's that noise? And then they come over and then immediately spot you and they get into a fight, but then if you just dip behind a corner, they'll forget about you oh, after a while. Must have been the wind. Yeah, that sort of <laughs> shtick. Uh, but it works in its favour because, like, each map that you explore is, like, chock full mm. of enemies. I have a great clip of me at the start of the game just gunning every fucker down. <laughs> so it's like everybody, so they're, they're all gathered around this, like, square or whatever, and hmm. and I just threw a grenade in, and it just fucking blew up, and it was fantastic. And that's just the route <laughs> that I've gone, is I'll sit and pick off a load of people with sniper rifle, hmm. and then fuck off into the, you know, try and get to the objective. Um, but it's not entirely cruel. It does give you like two rewinds per, all right, per map. So like the game's split into four sections. Every you know like every day is split into four sections: morning, afternoon, night, evening, mm. and night. Um, and it's up to you to figure out like what to do in between each of those sections. Each of the visionaries has a different place they'll be. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, like it's not entirely cruel because it's like, you'll die like twice and then your, your third life, you'll escape into, you know, you'll do the, you'll do the objective and escape into the tunnels that, uh, cult set up around the island. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you, when you load into the next part of the day, like you will have your two rewinds back okay, that you've yeah. lost and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it is aware it is hmm. aware that it could be very difficult for some players. But, you know, like, all the powers are straight out of Dishonored and Prey. Like, sure. If you played yeah. those games, like, there is definitely the um, the, the, the Dishonored teleport thing. Mm -hmm. Like a phase um, shift thing. I think they, mm. Yeah, I think they call it shift. Um, it's even got the same animation sort of yeah. thing. Um, like, this is, like, the culmination of all of what Arcane have done. Yeah, it's like, it is. you can see the DNA. This is their yeah. This is their fast-paced first-person shooter hmm. version of this, rather than you know, stealthy slow boy. stealth. Yeah, it's stealthy, but you know you can do quick combat and stuff like that to get out of it. Or hmm. like with Prey, where it is a survival horror game. Yeah. You know, there's there's no inventory in this. The, the inventory is like the loadout of guns that you've managed to save between runs, hmm. um, and that's about it. Um, like you're not opening a menu or like <laughs> even even hacking stuff in this game is all done through a singular button um, and they just give you that right at the start and I have broken so many things with that um, <laughs> I think that's the bit where it's not stripped like the actual gameplay in of itself like the moment to moment if you were just to play it straight mm. is very stripped back in comparison to other arcane games but the difference is is like the game is actively telling like suggesting to you to break the fucking game it oh, kind of yeah. kind of like a Metal Gear Solid 5 or hmm. um something along those lines of like here's this world we have rules but you can bend those rules within as much as you like yeah yeah so like i have the ability to double jump which can get me into different areas and stuff like that and so like there was like this area where it was like um 
the doors will lock unless you have a special thing attached to you which disables all your powers. Yep. But what if I just snuck in? Because there is like light stealth stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's not really the focus. Uh, look up, turn off the antenna that uh, activates the door so the door stays open at all times. Mm-hmm. Walk back out, take off the the power limiter, whatever they call it, and, and then walk normally. back in with full power and everybody mm. else is fucked and it's great. You use um, your brain. I use my brain. Um, the game wouldn't tell you to do that, but you figured out a better solution. Yeah, because I was like, fuck that. I'm not dying once and then that's it. <laughs> I know how bad I am at this game. Um, <laughs> I need all the help ha- I can get. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, uh, I video game-wise, it has been slow. It's been other stuff going on. I'll admit with the Deathloop side of things, I fell into the trap a bit of it was advertised everywhere to the point that I got a bit sick of seeing it. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's... Because it was actually like every PlayStation event that there would be, it's like, here's 10 minutes of Deathloop. And I'm like, lads, it's literally coming out next week. If yeah. I'm not sold on it by now, you don't need to do this. And uh, Yeah, I just got a bit kind of sick of seeing it. So I was a bit like, oh, fucking Deathloop, yeah. But then I've heard what people have had to say about it since it came out. And I'm like, okay, maybe I would actually like this. I'll just get off of my my little pedestal my little high ground yeah and, uh, it is yeah. it is definitely one of those games that is probably getting a got i, I won't say it's got more attention because it's kind of dropped off the face of the earth since the first two weeks genuinely I, I tell you so i say that i've heard people talking about it and, and kind of that's what's convinced me um this was yeah like a podcast that came out almost two weeks ago and i was like oh shit yeah death loop and i've literally not thought about it since and i literally forgot about it until you yeah. mentioned it just now so i would i would suspect there would be a bigger um a bigger i'm not gonna say stink because that sounds negative but <laughs> a, a bigger stink next next year once sony's exclusivity ends and it comes to game yeah, possibly pass. yeah yeah yeah. Um, probably like a death loop ultimate edition or whatever oh god yeah game pass um which you know hey it's microsoft's bethesda's yep. <laughs> death loop on playstation 5 um yeah no like other than that like i've, I've reviewed an, a couple of the games for a website a like an independent website hmm. and stuff like that but uh one of them was sheltered 2 which sheltered is a sequel 2? to a indie game called sheltered <laughs> Jenny um, was gonna be like sheltered one <laughs> yeah uh they, it, it's one of those survival sim things but it's boring as fuck i can't even fucking remember it i don't know why i've still got it installed on my pc i gave it four out of ten it it's was got bad. a solid 60 percent on metacritic yep it is boring as fuck <laughs> it feels like a 60 percent it is no nah, it, it, it's just boring like you don't fucking do anything I mean, I don't usually like these kind of games to begin no. with, but it looks kind of dull just by what I'm looking at. Yeah, it looks ugly as well, which I don't usually hold against a game, but... Like, I get it, so all- like a looks like a post-apocalypse kind of thing. It's like, it's very grey and brown, and it's like, there's there's ways of doing post-apocalypse and still making it look visually interesting. Yeah, like the first game was all pixel art, so that looked fairly interesting, but this has mm. moved to like a 3D Unity sort of thing. But yeah, other yeah. than that, uh, I have I have a shit ton of games installed on my Xbox that I've just oh, yeah. not gotten around to. Um, stuff like uh, Rift Breaker, The Good Life, 
Um, Astria Ascending. Oof. I don't even know what that is. But, <laughs> but it's, I downloaded it. <laughs> I downloaded it. AI, the Somnium Files. Of course. Uh, what about Sable? Oh, that's actually one of the things I've downloaded on my PC through Game Pass as well. Hey! I've, I've heard things about Sable and it actually looks pretty cool. I played so, that demo. It was horrendously broken in the demo. I hope it's not horrendously broken in the game. Looks very nice, though. It seems like a nice game to play in bed. Yeah. Um, oh. Which I might do. Uh, but, Jacob. Yes. Tell me about the games Oof. you have been playing. Well, yeah. So, while we were talking, I actually thought I'd go back and check when our last games podcast was. Um, and it was over two months ago. So, there's been a yep. fair amount since then. Um, Actually, on the on the topic of Game Pass, as I say, yeah, I, I did subscribe to Game Pass this past week, uh, mainly so I can try out Back for Blood. Um, but I've also downloaded Spiritfarer, Scarlet Nexus, mm-hmm. and Curse of the Dead Gods, which is like a rogue roguelike sort of thing. Yeah, um, I will be interested to hear what you think of Scarlet Nexus because I fell off that game. Didn't even very know it was on hard. Game Pass, and was quite pleasantly surprised because no, I was like, well, oh, I wanted to play that. So I bought it, and then two weeks later it got announced for Game Pass, and I was like, you motherfuckers. Seemed far too recent to be on Game Pass, but that's just that's I, the Game Pass MO. I don't think it did particularly well. Yeah. It is probably why Sweary put The Good Life on Game Pass, <laughs> because it's a Sweary game. Sweary. Um, like, um, yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, it's been, it's been a fair while, and... Uh, you say that games on your side have been a bit slow. Uh, I've played quite quite a few different things, really. Um, I, have, I have noticed you've been playing a lot of things. An awful lot, yeah. So, um, first thing I could think of um, from, yeah, well, the next big thing that was coming out um, when we hit our hiatus was WarioWare on the Switch. Oh, yes. Uh, WarioWare Get It Together, um, which I'd already spoken about the demo on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um and how it had kind of changed the gameplay side of things from self-contained minigames to you actually controlling the WarioWare characters within the minigames. And how I was actually really looking forward to the game because it offered an element of kind of randomness of you're going to get given a game and a different character to play that game each time, and that created quite a lot of replay value. Um, And I really enjoyed the demo for that side of things, and obviously WarioWare is good in multiplayer and it was looking like it was going to translate over to this one as well. Mm. Um, And generally speaking, I'd say it was pretty much what I expected it to be. Um, The kind of constantly cycling cast of characters you play as uh, do make the game pretty replayable and pretty fun to go through as um, the characters, some of them control quite similarly to others, but there is enough kind of unique movement styles in there to where it doesn't get too kind of samey as you get given these characters cycling through. That's good to hear because that change was like one of those things where I was like, eh, is this going to work? Well, yeah, because it's like, for instance, you've got characters like Cricket and Cat who are just like, Cricket just moves like a standard platformer would. You run and you jump. Whereas you have someone like Cat who can only jump. She just keeps jumping and you can't stop her. So you're literally just moving her left (laughs) to right instead. Um, and so, so that'll obviously change the way that you approach doing a certain mini game. And those are two of the characters that are quite similar. There's also ones like Penny, who basically has like a, a water jetpack, 
who kind of propels herself around with this jetpack. So you kind of have to aim opposite of where you want to go because it'll end oh. up shooting her backwards. Takes a lot of finesse to get used to, but once you do kind of get used to it, it feels really, really good to get it right with Penny. Um, but yeah, so I do enjoy the random element of it and how kind of replayable it makes the game. Um, however, it does also cause some frustration sometimes um as the game is very heavily score based and you'll be doing like specific runs to try and get however many mini games cleared for you to clear one of the games in game challenges or something um it feels pretty bad when you get quite far into a run and then you just get a string of bad game and combination characters oh uh, well no bad game and character combinations i should say yeah um, so the game is very upfront with you. Like when you choose, for instance, to play a certain mini game from the mini game catalog, when you're choosing your character to play that with, it'll have a little smiley face next to it, uh, varying from like very happy to very sad, depending on how good the character is overall at that game. Um, oh. So the game is pretty open with you and it's like, yeah, some characters are better at some games than others. Um but then, yeah, when you're doing these random runs, you can sometimes just get utterly shafted by getting just bad character and bad game constantly, one after the other. You only have four lives in total. Um, and sometimes you need to be getting upwards of about 60 minigames cleared for some of the harder challenges. And it does feel like a bit of a kick in the nuts sometimes when you get really far and then you just get a bad string of luck by getting bad characters with bad games and you just kind of screwed over it wasn't really your fault <laughs> um so it's a bit of a double-edged sword I, I do still think it makes the game a lot of fun having that random element and having all the characters moving differently and some being better than others but if you are kind of try harding it and going for like a completionist angle um it can get a bit frustrating there's a lot to do in the game like as i say there's like an in-game set of challenges which are basically just achievements um in-game achievements that give you currency uh to use in the game store um and there's loads and loads of those with a lot of variety so it's a game that'll keep you going for a long time um the currency itself is mainly just used to actually customize the characters that we'll be using in the in the games themselves which is kind of cute and uh the characters themselves all look very cute and in their little kind of chibi forms within the game. Um, <laughs> mm. I've specifically fallen in love with Pioro, who's one of the... He was a fringe character in the early WarioWare games, but now he's actually like a full-fledged character. So basically, Pioro in the WarioWare universe is a, another video game star. So Wario's making his games and they're not doing very well because everyone's just buying Pioro instead, who's this little, <laughs> red, he's this little red bird, who's just the derpiest little fat red bird. Um... <laughs> And, and he's Wario really, really cute. I'm, I'm guessing, like, Wario doesn't get it. I'm no, guessing it, that's... I think literally the game that he's making is to compete with, yeah, Super Pioro. Um, and yeah, Pioro ends up being the final boss and you unlock him at the end. And he has a really unique way of, of controlling. He just walks around as you would normally, but whenever you press the A button, his tongue extends, a bit like Yoshi, um, just in, like, an upward, um, up and right kind of diagonal direction um so that's kind of fun it's a really kind of it's one of the more unique characters in the game and as i say he's just the absolute cutest um <laughs> so yeah i can see myself coming back to it um every now and then to just kind of chip away at a few different things challenge wise or playing it with friends it'll be i can already see that it's going to be a very good get multiplayer game to keep it's one of the main reasons i've kind of kept it um since i've stopped playing it is because i know that when we're gonna have people around at some point it'll be a good one to bust out um, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is like multiplayer wise, I'm guessing you've done it with uh, you've played it with Hannah. Yeah, me and Hannah have done um, have done some of it together. Um, 
And it's it's one of those games where, yeah, I, I I'm not sure it'd be massively fun for me to play it with other people because I already know a lot of the games very well at this point. Um, but I'll have a lot of fun watching newer players play it together because what I end up what I find happening with me and Hannah is is that because I know all the mini games inside out, I'll be like having to explain. I basically explain everyone as we're just starting it instead well, of just letting her figure it out because i because i want to succeed i want to do the challenge um whereas yeah actually seeing kind of the panic and the chaos of two newer players playing i think would probably be a bit more fun mm, but, yeah, ultimately i was i was i remember being very very high on it in the demo and ultimately i'd say it's still a very good game it's still probably going to be uh i mean we're kind of a, we're in october now so i'm at the point where i am beginning to think about game of the year stuff um, oh and it's it's up there i'd definitely say if i was to have like a top 10 it would definitely be in the top 10 i'm not sure if it would make top five um but yeah no it's definitely up there it's a it's a fun little thing it's, it's a budget title as well i think it's only like 30 40 quid instead so yeah That's pretty good interesting from nintendo yeah i'm not sure how well it did i'm gonna be honest <laughs> um but yeah i think it's i think it's pretty good it doesn't the deviation from the original WarioWare formula, um, it's not a bad one. I think it's a pretty good step in the right direction for the franchise. Um, I'll be curious to get a hold of that. Yeah, I mean, whenever we get together next, I'm sure we can we can give it a go. Um, oh, yes. Speaking of Switch stuff, I may as well stay on the Switch. Um, I already spoke about this a little bit in the, in the group chat and spoke very highly of it also. Um, but I downloaded that Voice of Cards demo. Um, yes, I've still not played it. Very, very cool. Yeah. Um, because it was on the latest direct, that's where it got announced. Um, and was just, yeah, very pleasantly surprised with it. I just kind of went in it, went into it with like middling expectations. Um, of being like, oh, it's kind of like a traditional RPG and uh, it's got this kind of quirky God. aesthetic to it. Um, but yeah, when I actually went into it and, and played it, I just found myself really, really taken with that kind of cozy tabletop aesthetic it's got. Um, the narrator's got a really nice voice. And I think I said to Lauren in the group chat where I was like, just all the little noises of the cards flipping over and dice hitting the table and these little crystals that kind of symbolize your, the spells you can use and stuff. It's all just very, yeah, cozy and, and nice and warm. And it is a Yoko Taro joint. Yes, yes. Um, also, the artwork is very nice on all the cards um and the soundtrack i was actually quite surprised by how much i liked the the soundtrack to the game as well so aesthetically speaking yeah purely on a on a kind of how the game looks and feels and sounds kind of way um really really like it and it is a very traditional kind of rpg in the way that it plays uh, it's nothing kind of mind-blowing in terms of combat or leveling up your characters getting them gear and that sort of thing but in a way it's been a while since i've played something like that and i'm kind of like yeah i'm I'm down to just play a bog standard sort of rpg sort of thing if it looks and feels this nice then yeah i'm more than happy to do that so um yeah i'll definitely be picking that up i believe it's the 28th of october that's out um so uh week and a bit yeah this is the thing i've realized is like with that and a few other games, I'm like, holy shit, is that out? Like, the good life I've been waiting for for a few years now. And I'm like, oh yeah. shit, it's out. <laughs> and it's available on Game Pass? Wow! I'm going to have to look um, this game up, because you mentioned it a couple times. It is uh, from um, oh. Swery, uh, the guy who made Deadly Premonition. Deadly Premonition, wow. Um, and Am I right also- in saying that this game isn't going to be everything that it seems then? <laughs> Oh, well, you uh, tr- you can turn into a cat and a dog. 
Oh, oh, that's in there. That's in the artwork. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can, well, yeah. Fair. I'm I'm excited to play that. I might talk about that the next time we do a podcast. Mm. But yes. um, what else? What else has has been? Oh, there's more. We're gonna stick with the switch. Um, yeah, I'm doing all the switch stuff except for the main event in one go. Um, Super Monkey Ball. Banana I played Mania. this as well. Yeah, monkey balls. I uh, love monkey ball, and this is this is this that. Is? Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, that's basically. I was like, is he going to say this is bad? This is not what I thought. No, it's, no, it's it's literally. I thought I'm like, yeah, you know what to expect with monkey ball, and, it, and that's basically all it is. Um, I, I know they've changed the way that th- it controls. Apparently so. Bit. It's been so long since I played original Monkey Ball that honestly I that can't the tell thing. the difference. It's like I, I was like, okay, so they've changed it so you're controlling the monkey rather than the, the board stage. itself. Yeah, and and I'm like, well, this just seems like it plays like I remember it playing rather than yeah, like I... having to jostle this stage around. Like I was always, you know, I, I prefer having control over the monkey. Sure, it seems to make the most sense, doesn't it? You would assume when you play a video game, you're controlling the character and not the environment. Um, yeah, so. I so I so I was a little bit apprehensive about getting into this um, because I was like, ah, I've listened to a podcast and uh, th- th- someone said like, oh, it takes for fucking ever for a level to when you die, like you've got to go through the whole thing and like see mm. the zoom in and like here's the stage and i'm like okay yeah so it's doing that and if i just press a it skips over that and i'm immediately back into it it's still not fast enough no but it is it is fast enough for me to calm down from the rage of falling off the edge right at the end there is there is still some rage i will yeah (laughs) i will give you that um there have been times when Hannah's been upstairs on call with our cosplay friends and I've heard her being like, I can hear Jacob getting really angry at Monkey Ball downstairs. <laughs> it is. Like, I, I thought I was being quiet, but apparently not. It is. So like, I, so like I've been using my Switch a little bit more and I've, and obviously from going f- between the main event and Monkey Ball and mm. also I've been playing some Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Oh yeah. It is just a rage trifecta of horse shittery sometimes. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I can't remember what else I was playing at the time, but I, uh, yeah, I can't remember. I was playing something else uh, alongside Monkey Ball just before uh, Dread came out, and uh, stupidly, I was like getting really annoyed at whatever game I was playing before, and I was like, "Fine, I'm just gonna chill out and play some Monkey Ball," and that just. <laughs> That was the worst idea ever. <laughs> ah, that was that was a poor decision from was, you, my you friend. You chose unwisely. Yeah. Um, um, no, the main game is is still is still great. It's still enjoyable at the end of the day, um, and the mini games as well. They're still very fun. I I, I I haven't touched any of the mini games, but I do have fond memories of playing the uh, flying mini game. Yeah, well, that's the one. I think that's the one that that most people seem to hold in high regard, probably because it is the most unique out of all of them because a lot of them it's just like it's monkey ball doing this sport uh yeah. whereas monkey whereas, target yeah is, is where you shoot yourself I, off a ramp and fly through the rings and try and land on the target it's really fun um took a little while that that's the one thing i will say control wise that did feel a bit weird and wonky to me is that people have said that monkey target has changed control wise and i could definitely feel it it's very very specific 
I will um, have to look into that because yeah, me and Hannah had to I spend remember- a little bit of time being like, how? Because we we would like launch ourselves off the ramp. You'd open up the the wings, and there was just the way we were trying to fly it. It was like there's no way you're even reaching the target. You have to reach like a perfect angle and altitude to be able to glide over. Um, yeah, it's more difficult than I remember. I can't remember if it was that hard back in the day. Uh, and somehow, yeah, I, re- I remember kid being- Jacob managed to do it. I remember it being difficult as in like learning when to open the wings mm. but not like controlling it if you know what I mean like learning when to hit A to open the wings to glide yeah. learning yeah. to glide was the bit that was difficult the, yes. like, but that was just because I was always shit at Mario World's cape <laughs> yeah um, and the oh the what is it the wing cap in Mario 64 yes um, um but yeah no other, other than that like I immediately unlocked Kiryu oh yes um, yeah uh, I was and, gonna make mention of that we've got a few all, a few Sega characters in there thrown in for good measure Sonic and Tails and Beat and, and Kiryu of all people yeah I, I do like that Kiryu's changes all the bananas to uh the stamina stamina X yeah um, well it's one is, of the nice things it does it with all the Sega characters I don't know if you've checked out Sonic and, no. and that, but Sonic it changes it to rings. Same with Tails, and then with B it changes it to the little spray cans from Jetset Radio. Uh, it's nice. Yeah. Um, the only thing I will say is like it, playing it. Like, did it come out on everything or is it just Switch? Uh, I believe it is everything. I think it's uh, PS4, Xbox, Switch, all that jazz. Um, because I, I, it's not. It's not that it's poorly performs but there are some points where it does dip below mm. 60 and it's i'm like chunky. i'm like oof really monkey ball and the game is kind like, of twitch perfect reflexes you're gonna need it's not the kind of game that you want it to be chugging yeah on, really. we will we, we will talk about frame rates in a minute when we get to the main <laughs> event because there are uh, there are certain aspects of Yes. Uh, yes. Anyway, yes. Anything um, else, Jacob? Um. Yes. <laughs> uh, so a couple, couple things. Um, Go for it. So last week, yes, it was. Yeah, it would have been last week. Um, the controversial new Hearthstone mode released. Uh, Hearthstone Mercenaries. Um, I, I don't know if you remember. Um, on our last show, I spoke about that getting announced and how basically no one knew what it was from the announcement stream they did like a half an hour stream announcing this mode and they did a really bungled job of explaining how the mode even worked um i i, I it was a good day to be in work the next day and someone trying to <laughs> like figure out what it was and to the point where i think the new story was just abandoned probably um and the other thing was that everyone was very mad well, I was mad. I don't know actually if everyone else was. I think there was a general amount of, of discomfort among the fan base um, about how the Mercenaries mode would use the same in-game resources as the main Hearthstone game. So Ooh. if you want to, if you want to play Mercenaries and buy Mercenaries packs, you're going to have to use just in-game gold, and you won't be able to buy as much stuff for the normal Hearthstone game. I um, can understand in-game gold, but does it like use the dust and everything from? No. Okay, um, you can't I can craft un- stuff as far as I'm aware. Well, you, right. you only craft stuff from things that you get in the packs. There's no general central dust system, no. Right, I can, I can understand using the gold, but also I can understand the pure anger of dumping resources into a mode that 
might not take off. Well, that's the thing. Like, I didn't. Like, I ultimately came out of the announcement being like, I'm probably not going to play this because keeping your Hearthstone collection up to date, generally speaking, is quite is quite difficult. If you want to play as much meta stuff as possible, have as much variation in decks as possible, you're mostly going to be using that gold throughout most of a, an expansion's kind of lifespan um, until the very end where you maybe start saving for the next one. Um, so I was like, I'm probably just not going to end up playing this mode because I use all of my resources as it is anyway. Um, so yeah, I was I was expected to be kind of indifferent to this mode, but I think I actually quite like it um, at the end of the day. Uh, the in-game yeah. tutorial does a very good job of explaining how the game works far better than this, this live stream did. Um, it's, I think once it got released, I think the reaction I've seen online has either been like, yeah, it's fine, to, hey, it's really good. What, you know what the fuck it is? Yeah, it's kind of, uh, the best way I can describe it is it's a bit like your sort of raid shadow legends style party rpg thing Mm -hmm. just with just with hearthstone cards instead um but yeah it's 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 got all the little hearthstone things that i really like obviously the warcraft universe is is something that i really like and i've always commended hearthstone for its attention to detail when it comes to voice lines and little effects and stuff like that um yeah it's it's a quite a large chunk of single player content to add into the game as well um so it's a way of me playing hearthstone without necessarily feeling the pressure of having to play against other people because there are some days where i just can't be asked um (laughs) i want to i want to clear my quests but i don't i just can't deal with the stress of actually facing off against human players so you can do some of the quests through mercenaries mode which is quite nice um and there is a pvp element if you do want to do it um i've tried it once um and i think i'm just far too early into things to even stand a chance um, in the PvP side of things, because people have already worked out what's optimized. They've already leveled everything up and grinded it out. Um, whereas, you know, I have a, a job and stuff, so I can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see if it lasts um, and how much support it'll get in the future. But yeah, I've, I've, it's been a nice distraction from, from normal Hearthstone. I've actually been playing it a fair amount more than the normal Hearthstone game right now, I guess because it's the new hotness um but yeah it also helps that i got diablo which uh was what i really wanted um i was one of the main kind of pre-purchase bundles that they had before the mode came out was well you can get like 20 packs and you're guaranteed to get diablo and i was like i would if i knew i was going to play this mode but i'm not going to spend that kind of money because i don't even know if i'm going to play this um and then i got diablo in a pack anyway so yeah Hey, you Diablo! The RNG gods uh, smiled upon me that day. They gave you a little kiss. And Diablo's actually a pretty good character as well. He's one of the better legendary characters. Um, So I'm kind of trying to build a team around him because he has an ability that basically repeatedly triggers if he goes before enemies that haven't acted. So... I'm basically the rest of my party is just trying to slow the enemy team down so that Diablo's attack can go first. And just trigger this ability off over and over again um it's, yeah yeah it's, it's been a fun kinda, little thing it's kind of how i build some magic decks sometimes is, is just uh 
I got this really rare card and I'm definitely going to try build around it because fuck you all. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, I, I'm sure that there are better decks out there, even Diablo-based ones. Like, um, there are several, like, fire-based characters who buff, like, fire attacks and stuff like that, and Diablo would be good for that. And I think that's kind of the main meta thing for Diablo. But I'm just like, no, I, I started with this kind of slowdown deck and I'm seeing it through as long as I can for the single player until I maybe do have to look up what's meta Next, trying yeah. to figure it out um yeah no it's actually pretty good i'm, pl- I'm pleasantly surprised by it um, hey it's all good v- very quick one um it's something i only started playing yesterday um i bought guilty gear strive finally oh um so i've been meaning to play this for months obviously it's been out for months and i've been wanting to play it since it came out basically um but it's just never really been the right time. There's always been something else on, like I've been on this big Metroid binge recently and, and you know, other games coming out. I've had to some, sometimes put funds into things like Genshin Impact and whatever. So yeah, Guilty Gear just never really happened until now. Um, I got a refund through from this Star Wars concert I was supposed to be going to. So I was like, I'm going to buy Guilty Gear instead. Which, which Star Wars concert? Was it just it music was being be... played? It was going to be yeah. So they show the movie and play the soundtrack live in yes, front of I you. I went to I went to uh, episode four. Uh, oh. I went to a New Hope a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, we were going to do Return of the Jedi. Um, this was like a year ago, um, and we just ended up because obviously got cancelled due to COVID and stuff. Um, so we just ended up being like, well, we'll just have the money back then because I just bought a PS5 at the time um, and figured I was going to get the money soon <laughs> to help with the cost of that. Uh, but only just got it back now. So I was like, fine, I'll just get a couple of PS5 games instead. So I bought Guilty Gear and I've also bought Resident Evil 8 as well, which I'll be getting to in <laughs> Halloween. Um, Halloween! But yeah, um, Guilty Gear... Uh, obviously love the art style it's one of the 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 best looking kind of 2d style games i think um that's out there right now um and the soundtrack is like the butt rockiest soundtrack (laughs) you've you've ever heard and it's glorious um i tried all the characters last night um and i think milia is the one i've settled on uh the one with kind of like a scythe hairstyle going on and she uses her hair to attack things okay Um, it was either her or Forced, the creepy doctor, um, who is apparently far and away the worst character in the game, um, <laughs> which is just tradition for me at this point. Like, I remember, I remember when I, I think I covered this on the podcast actually, when I bought MK11 Ultimate um, and played through all the characters on that and was like, right, I like Sonya, I like Shao Kahn, and I like Raiden. And it was like, well, you better play Sonya because Shao Kahn and Raiden are literally bottom tier. Um, and apparently it's the same thing with Forced. I thought Forced was really fun. Uh, so I might even play as him as like a meme if I get good enough at the game, because I really enjoyed playing as him. It just turns yeah. out he apparently sucks compared to everyone else. <laughs> um, it's like how it's like how um, that Smash Brothers player got Jigglypuff to top yeah, tier. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Just out of sheer attrition for the I rest can, of the... I can play Milia when I'm playing serious. Um, and then, yeah, if I just want to have a bit of fun, I can play as Forced instead. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to not understanding the story mode, um, which is also tradition for Arc System Works fighting games. Um, I'm a very big Blaze Blue fan, but I remember trying to get into that story was was very confusing. Um, and apparently, it's the same for Guilty Gear. So uh, <laughs> looking forward to you'll that. You'll be right. You'll be right at home. Yeah, and uh, yeah, hopefully jumping online after because I hear it's one of the games with one of the better online communities for a fighting game. 
so uh, yeah, looking forward to giving that a go. Uh, we're almost there. Don't worry. Oh, well, you worry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time here. So the only thing really games wise before I get to uh, the OLED switch and the main event um, would be somewhat related. Actually, it would be Metro Fusion. Um, yes. So take me. T- so before you set this up oh yeah jacob mm. um if you have not done what jacob did oh yes and play through all of the metroid games every single one <laughs> every single one don't you worry metroid dread spends 10 minutes of the of the introduction of that game sifting through whatever story was within those first four games more or less yeah and it- Weirdly, I was like, it could have covered more, but also... It didn't need to. It just no, needed it, to do setup. It was like, this what is where fusion. we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I watched some gameplay of Fusion because it has been... 18 oh, Jesus. years? 2003 it came out. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching my friend play it on the Game Boy, in, on the Game Boy Advance in the playgrounds. Ooh, um yeah. And it has been a while since I've even considered, like, even could even consider touching it. Um, <laughs> like, fuck me, must have been on an emulator somewhere. Uh, mm. But anyway, yeah, no, like, it is hilarious to me that they refer to it as Metroid Four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's. Uh, I actually one of the main things I'd say I enjoyed about Fusion the most was how much it pushed the story along. Um, because obviously, yeah, what came beforehand, technically story-wise, was Super Metroid, which was another tw- ten years beforehand, or however long it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I actually really I did enjoy Fusion a fair amount. It, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite Metroid games, but um, I think it overall is just a really nice condensed two D Metroid experience. Um, like I say, with the story side of things, I enjoyed the introduction of um of adam uh the computer and the the character uh that the samus kind of reminisces on um the x parasites um a very cool addition uh to to metroid as well as the the sax in particular the x parasite version of samus herself um yes. who, is, who is basically just super metroid samus um is a really cool thing because obviously it's like yeah this is you when you're when you were super powerful and when you were at your best and now you're not that anymore and it will just fuck you up if you try fighting it um so yeah some very cool story moments with the sax and uh yeah i just think the game felt very distinct compared to the other games um i think was... that's i think that's why a lot of people hold it in not high regard but a higher regard than it probably would have been remembered otherwise. Well, yeah, because Metroid, like, it, as much as I love it now, um, it can sometimes fall into the trap of the story ultimately doesn't feel that important from game to game. It's just like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, you've gone onto a planet and you've lost your abilities and all the space pirates are up to no good again and, <laughs> and all that sort of thing. Uh, that old Ridley. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah something I will mention for Dread actually actually I'll, I'll just fucking say it now. Uh, spoilerino for Dread very quickly. Uh, we we so just straight up up from there will be a, a small music gap now. Okay. <laughs> uh, basically telling everybody like hey it's slightly related. 
to, uh, to... we're just gonna go full hog spoilers for Metroid Dread because yeah come on we're not even there talking is. about Dread right now but I'm gonna drop a Dread spoiler <laughs> yeah uh, like here and now um, so here it is I was shockingly pleased at the restraint they showed that they did not shoehorn Ridley into that game somewhere because <laughs> they fucking do it in every 2D Metroid game to the point he where just... I was like I used to, I like Ridley like I used to th- I used to like him more because I didn't really know the context where it was like yeah he's just in every game it doesn't really matter if it makes much sense they will find a way to put Ridley in this game because he's an iconic yeah. part of the franchise um so yeah I was I was we, shocked we will... to the restraint that they showed We'll get into, I uh, will get into Metroid Dread in a second. Yes, but, um, uh, that is that is the, the the way that you've just described Ridley. Then, like as mm. not being in Metroid Dread is one of my bigger complaints about Metroid Dread as a whole. Mm. Interesting. Um, not not because he's not in it, but like we'll get into it in a second. Yes. Um, Finishing off Fusion, uh, anyways, uh, I'd say the game was the most handholdy storyline wise. Um, it was the first game to introduce the navigation rooms, which you'll have come across in Dread when you basically speak to Adam, the computer, and he's like, yo, you should go over here. Um, where, but in, in Fusion, it literally puts a point on your map and it's like, go here. Whereas in, in dread, they were kind of just like, yo, maybe you should do this instead. That, that might be a good idea. And it doesn't specifically point it out to you on the map where you need to go. Um, so yeah, it was, it was one of the more linear kind of straightforward stories in 2d Metroid, um, which I personally didn't hate. Um, I hate getting lost in these games. <laughs> um, yeah, so, we'll talk about that in a minute. So yeah, the handholdy nature of it, I can see it both ways, really, but I I actually quite liked it, and I liked that things, generally speaking, in terms of the size of the map, the scope of things, and the story that was told, and how it kind of directs you through it. Um, I liked that it was a bit more kind of condensed down. It's the perfect little Game Boy kind of Metroid experience. Yeah, because you have to remember, like, hey, this was Game Boy Advance. We need people to yeah play this on a bus on battery life and. Yeah, the main, it, it the main is, thing you'll get out of it is the story progression and everything it does add to the story because it does add a lot. Um, yeah, it is. It is the antithesis to what I think Dread brings. Mm. Where uh, should we just jump into it? Fuck um, it. Sure. Unless you, unless you have something else to say about Fusion. Was, no, that was more or less all I had to say on Fusion. The only other thing I had to talk about other than Dread was the new Switch itself. Oh, right. Yes. No, before that, uh, I have also seen a Switch OLED. Uh, they ah. got bought, uh, so, um, uh, what, someone in work bought a few for mm. uh, not work purposes. I think basically had, work purposes. I did, <laughs> basically work purposes. I don't yeah. know what he bought. Like, he bought a few of them. Um, sure. Yeah. So yeah. fuck me. Like that screen looks good. Yeah. Um so I got this on release day um alongside Dread that came out the same day. Um and yeah, obviously the main kind of the 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 main thing that this is even here for um is the the fancy new OLED screen which um yeah, I would say I'd never want to go back to the old Switch now. Uh, I look yeah. at my old one, I can literally line them up together, and I'm just like, it feels weird that I was literally playing this yesterday, and now that I've got this new one, I'm like, 
how the hell did I play this one before? <laughs> um, Ew, ugh. it's gross. Small screen, it's a little blurry thing, like, ugh. ugh. Um, yeah, no, the new screen, I think it, it bigger, more vibrant, everything just looks and runs smoother. It's lovely. Um, it's made me go back to old games that I haven't played in ages, just so I can see how they look on the new one. Um, I have seen um, Sword and Shield on it, and that uh first forest that you get into with the mm. with the uh pokey center as soon as you walk in yeah and it's all like got its neon going and everything like that it looks fucking fabulous yeah i i played some smash on it obviously a very fast paced kind of game and it looks great on there um animal crossing lovely and vibrant as well um so yeah obviously that's kind of the main reason why you'd want to get one of these and it is a really noticeable upgrade um in my eyes um also a big fan of the big boy stand on the back yeah. um oh my god that little strip of no beef bin. jerky they friggin <laughs> slapped on the back of of the switch to hold up the original one was the oh, bane shit. of my existence um and yeah now the entire width of the switch unit is a stand and it's glorious yeah I can actually play it standing up in bed without it falling over, um, among other places. Yeah, no, it's a great, a great improvement. And honestly, I remember it being one of the main things that sold me on it when it was announced initially, because I just hate that tiny stand with a passion. Um, the white Joy Cons and the dock um, look uh, pretty and and clean and and. Uh, I, I I won't I won't lie. Like other than the screen. Mm. Like, because like I, I am one of those where you know, like, oh, if I want an OLED screen, I will plug it into a TV with sure. an OLED screen. Yeah, yeah. But that's just because that's just me being bitter that I can't get hold of the OLED screen and just like force it onto my Switch <laughs> as is now. Yeah, um, yeah. Without losing all the power that I have with an original launch Switch, of course. Yeah. Um, but the 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 the, the one thing from that this new revision is I do want that dock because it's nice. That yeah. Ethernet port in the back is yeah. more important to me than anything. The Ethernet port on the back. Yeah. And those, that's a, a nice practical revision. Um, the dock itself. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's uh, it seems to be rounder. It's not quite as angular. No, uh, um, it, as it the previous seems, one. Yeah. It seems like it's just like, Hey, they needed some probably, uh, make some physical changes other than yeah the actual switch itself. So and it's why got not this kind dock? of like glossy inner layer, which is also what kind of lines the OLED screen as well around the exterior of the switch, which is quite nice. Little little shiny black surface. Yeah, it's just a bit more premium. Yeah, uh, than the original dock, which is literally just a hunk of plastic you can even throw the, around and yeah, even the the material that the switch unit itself is made from. I don't know if it's just me going crazy, but it feels less cheap <laughs> than the original oh, it, switch. I held it, and I know what you mean. Yeah, just kind I'm of, not sure whether that's because it's a new console and, and like, it's not ooh. been solid by hands. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, I yeah. I, I'm very happy with the purchase. Um, however, I think I said this before. I still wouldn't say you could justify buying it just because you want a new switch um my switch that was on is... its way out anyway yes. um it was unless you are excessively rich <laughs> um 
or you are in a position like Jacob where your switch is basically hanging on by a thread. Yeah, my switch was is. was bent and uh also it was one of the original switches so it's still got the not quite as good battery. Um <laughs> so if you're in that position or I I would even say if you're the kind of person who plays your switch more than anything else maybe trading in your old switch for this new one might be a good shout for you if literally you play your switch far more than any other kind of console and you don't have a pc or or whatever this your switch is your kind of ride or die then i think it probably might be worth it and even then i'd say still sell your old one to to supplement some of the costs um yeah so if, if you're also... either in one of those parties then i'd say it's worth it but otherwise uh i wouldn't go out of your way for it yeah, I would say if you are considering selling your Switch, um, if you have an original launch one, uh, yes. that means between 2017 and I think it's January 2019, mm. um, go check your ser- serial numbers. Someone has made a database of all the serial numbers that will be eligible for hacking purposes. You can crack um, it wide open. Crack it wide open or sell it to someone that will make use of it to yeah. crack it wide open um, because there, you always do run the risk of your eShop account getting, well, your Nintendo account getting booted off. Yeah. Which is not fun for anyone. Um, of course. I am so far out of that risk, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, but, uh, for a nice segue, um, I would say that the the video game Metroid Dread looks very good on the screen. <laughs> for fans of the genre. Yeah. Makes you feel Uh, like Samus. (laughs) Okay, Metroid Dread. Um, It's been a long time coming. (laughs) It's been a long time coming. I I will say up front right now, I was not hot on this game at all. From maybe maybe the second boss onwards. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the second major boss onwards. So yeah, yeah we, like we I said, said, we're gonna spoil things. So. Yes. Okay. Spoilers. Uh, from Kraid onwards, I was like, wow, this game does not respect my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I can at see that all at all. So I actually have my uh draft review here because I am Ooh. providing the second opinion for it. Yeah, I um, I when I was sat down to do my notes today, um, I was like, okay, I'll write notes for everything else, and then I don't think I actually need to write notes for Dread because I've we've got I've got more than enough to say, and I'm going to be bouncing off of Joel for it. And I was just like, I'm just going to write a couple of random thoughts down, and it's basically just ended up into a massive notes document. So yeah, like <laughs> that's um, what it's become. So this is the it's it is hilarious that. They referred to this as Metroid Five in the initial trailer, and then just sort of dropped it. Um, Why though? I, I it it is just very funny to me. Like it's, it's a- weird. Like weird in the same way that Fusion says it's Metroid Four and Super Metroid yeah, says it's Metroid because, Three. Yeah, it it is just weird to me because they're like at the end of the day, some people have only ever played Super Metroid. And, it's not the most straightforward of things, yeah. And like some people have only ever played Prime, and it's just one of those things where it's it is just a video game thing. Only video games can get away with this. Movies try to get away with this, but it doesn't work mm. um, with movies because obviously, like it's a broader scope of people. But like yeah. with video games, like Metroid Prime Three and Metroid Three. 
It's like, yeah. come on. Um, and, I mean, we've got Metro Prime 4 on the cards, which technically speaking, if it's a continuation from Prime 3, Metroid Prime 4 will take place before Metroid 2, oh, which fuck. is because uh, yeah. the Prime series uh, takes place between 1 and 2. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a um, whole mess. I, I can see how that would be confusing, especially as this is some kind of soft reboot for the 2D Metroid side of things. It's going to be the sort of thing that draws in a lot of new players. Um, yes, it is. So it has already had that effect on the eShops. Um, yeah. Metroid Fusion is currently number one on Wii U. Good. It's a good game. Um, <laughs> it should be think- more easily available than it's being on the bloody Wii U. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's why you should hack your Switch, yeah, Jacob. That's going to be the moral uh, of this whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, just just fuck Nintendo. If they're not going to do it yourself. Do if they, if they're not going to do it, do it yourself. Yeah. Um. But no. So this is the fifth Metroid official fifth Metroid game. The latest. Um, the latest in the timeline. Yeah. Weirdly, in the credits, can uh talks uh, mentions Metro other uh, other M. Yeah, because it, it's weird. They they in the promotional materials leading up to the release of this game, they quietly shunned Met, uh, other M, mm-hmm. and even in the ending cutscenes that you get, I think there's is there another M? Because when there you, is an other, there's an other M art card. Yes, but there's okay, no so mention they have of referenced Prime. it there. Um, yeah, I, I guess they want to keep that separate. But weirdly, yeah, because I mean. Other M's kind of 2D, kind of not. <laughs> uh, I guess it's not first person, I think, is, I guess, the distinction that they might make. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a weird love-hate thing that they seem to have. I guess they kind of have to reference it because the whole Samus and Adam thing is a big part of Other M. Yeah. And and Adam, obviously, is now quite important in Fusion and Dread now. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so this... Uh, uh, um story kicks off samus has recovered from fusion she's yeah. fully powered up um and she's got uh she's basically seen like a news report or something like a like a documentary series <laughs> she's basically she tuned into netflix and realized the x parasites from fusion she are... got a trans she got a transmission <laughs> yeah uh, like saying the that the x parasites aren't dead uh, the blobs are still around, and they're on this planet. Yeah, how'd they get here? Don't ask questions. They just got here. Um, and so she's uh, like, "I've got to sort it out." I've got to go sort it out, even though she could just literally turn the other way and wait for it to blow over. Um, that's not that's not the kind of person that Samus Aran is, Joel. I know, but if she, like, especially as literally her last adventure was centering around destroying the X parasites, and she thought she had done by uh, blowing up the space station that Fusion takes place on and driving it into a planet to supposedly destroy all the parasites. Yeah, um, so, you know, some of these blobbies have gotten out. But then uh, again, you probably don't get a lot of that context just from this cutscene. Uh, it's it's going to be people like me who are like, actually, I think you'll find. Um, but you're just not, not going to get that if you just boot up Dread oh. fresh. So, uh, And then a big Chozo warrior thing um pops out of nowhere and does battle and samus gets her ass kicked and then she whites out and she wakes up and her suit looks cooler than it does at the end of the game oh i like the gravity suit i I like like the the dread suit suit. the dread suit is phenomenal it's very cool the the, the 
the blue and white and the and it's like it's all mismatched because honestly i liked all of the suits in this game i think the dread suit looks very cool i think it was a very cool take on the variety suit as well um samus's traditional orange yeah. get up how it had like the white accents on it and stuff and uh, i like I mean, the white accents i think that's the thing that i like yeah. uh, and then you lose you lose some of that identity <laughs> as it goes back to the yeah, the I gravity suit. Who, the gravity suit's purple, and purple's my favorite color. So I, I uh, like purple, but it is just—it is just the weirdest purple. Yeah, in the yeah. it is it is just a very it's just it just looks weird to me. I don't know. And anyway, that's just me the, nitpicking. The, the special suit at the end. Oh yeah, the crusty the big... Samus. <laughs> Yeah. barnacle samus yeah um, which was very cool but we can get to that in a bit yeah uh so yeah the, the uh, one second my dog would like to be taken outside bork, bork. you don't want to talk no metroid what do you want <laughs> you don't want to talk no metroid he's got dog things to do i think this game's really good I don't think Joel likes it very much. We're going to get into a fight. Maybe. Ah. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this you have is... fun listening to my little aside when you edit this. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, where were we? We were... We were talking about the suits. The suits, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think that that's just this is it's just me nitpicking that to be honest that that is it's literally just me thing. nitpicking yeah yeah um but the first hour and a half of this game is utterly phenomenal it is like oh yeah Metroid this is Metroid this is two D Metroid it is blocks of rooms and everything is a block and oh yeah. there's a here's a cliff face i can't climb up and oh this room's hot better not go in there yeah it sets and, up kind of the the standards can't go this route can't go this route better explore yep. another way um i, As, did I find think i heard the term corner scratcher is a, a good name <laughs> for these for these sorts of games yes it does literally throw up a pop-up saying like shoot missiles at walls to find secrets sometimes there'll be things in walls yeah and it's like yeah but you you make out that it's just secrets and stuff and then not the fact that it hides a very critical path through the first half of that game um but that was just me i don't I remember think. <laughs> um no like the the, the, the initial pop-up is like hey there's stuff hidden in walls and i was like okay this just means there's secrets in walls and stuff like that sure. and i know that there's going to be blocks that i can shoot and stuff hmm. and turns out i was just not shooting in the right place hmm. i don't know um yes that for but okay so this review that i have written hi um i mentioned it is not a poorly made game in any sense of the word like it is the combat no. is fluid it is very twitchy which is bizarre for a nintendo like nintendo in 2021 mm. um i know that they're like now the custodians of bayonetta yeah um <laughs> and they've had astral chain and stuff like that True. but that's all come from third-party developers yeah um yeah. it's not a nintendo made but then again, this is Mercury Steam made this. Yes. Um, guys behind who, Sam's Returns. 
Samus Returns, uh, and three Castlevania games. Yeah. Uh, which is where I think the Samus Returns counter came from. Wouldn't surprise me, because it was the, uh, the Lords of Shadow ones, wasn't it? The, 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 the 2D the 2D Lords of Shadow game mm. had a counter in it, I think. Um, but yeah, so like I I I think the I think the combat in this game's for the most part when it's a one-on-one fight with a boss fight and stuff like that I think the combat is really really good yeah definitely um I described the enemy placement and stuff like that throughout when you're exploring as just like Samus stumb- stubbing her toe every now and then yeah there are i mean it's it's a thing that you come across in a lot of these metro games where yeah you'll eventually get to a point where sometimes enemies are just too much of a pain for you to bother shooting so you will just run past them if you get hit by them ah <laughs> if, yeah, if, I'll just... or if you dodge it great it's, it's this this game's very forgiving with hey every enemy is just going to drop health yeah, regardless. If you if you wait for them to if you wait and counter them, you can pretty much Oh god, the counter drops a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um but so like I was like, yeah, you know, like I, I know I mentioned frame rates before, but there was only like a few times where the frame rate really dropped. Yeah, I can't me. think of a time where I um, had a there, was a, there was a particular cave where luckily like the area was not filled with enemies it was mm. uh what it's one of the first puzzles where you have to target all the uh walls with the storm missile ah yeah, yeah yeah um and for some reason it's just that one particular room where the frame rate is like half the rest of the game mm, it is bizarre it is such a weird weird thing yeah um but it doesn't affect the rest of the game you know like this is the thing playing this game the moment to moment of making samus jump okay i still think that Metroid has an issue with its double jump and its gravity jump, the space jump. I will, uh, I will, as the as the defendant in this case. Yes, <laughs> um, I will give you that. I have always struggled with the space jump. Um, space once you once you get it that once you need to, once you get it, and yeah. you, but then you get it and you understand what to do and then you try to do it three minutes later and you can't do it for some reason and it's like wait 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 wait. why is samus falling now why i'm in the i'm in the water ah shit because a um, lot of because each metro game tends to have its own physics um yes. it takes a bit of getting used to um uh, this, this and yeah it's not the it's not the quickest of curves getting used to it no uh you have recently played um because this feels like a direct sequel to metroid 2 the the remake of metroid 2 I, uh, in the in the gameplay sense, yeah, it would yeah. be. Um, this feels like a direct, like, hey, we're just gonna lift this whole cloth. Essentially, um, yeah, because uh, Samus Returns, I, I, you know, I spoke about it um, a couple games podcasts ago. Um, one of my favorite Metroid games. I think I look upon Samus Returns a lot more favorably than a lot of the Metroid fan base does. Um, yeah, I so, think a lot of the Metroid fan base forgets that that was originally a Game Boy game that was yeah. just like hey we need to fucking sell more of these units put a metroid game on it everyone's and, everyone's just big for am2r instead which isn't even an official release so yeah um uh, this this uh it feels like they're sort of compensating for mistakes made with samus returns 
like the yeah. timing on certain things, the twitchiness of certain things. Well, I remember one of the main criticisms I had about Samus Returns was that they were so proud of this counter that it was used for every enemy, which is now no longer the case. You can just kill stuff normally if you want, um, yeah. but there are some enemies where it is better to do that. Um, the, and the, also the, the implementation of a of the implementation of a running um, a running counter yeah. uh, feels really good. That that wasn't in Samus Returns. You no, would literally that... run, stop, hit things. <laughs> I... Yeah, and you can sort of you can sort of tell that this was it was it's not tacked on, but mm. you can tell it's not like you don't need to use the running counter. I barely used oh, it. God, I no. sometimes forgot that it was there. I would definitely do still the uh, I definitely did the uh, stop Wait counter. For <laughs> yeah, because it was just easier. Because sure. the the timing on some of the counters in that game is. And I get this will lead me into where you know I start to shit on some of the game design mm. choices this game decided to do. Okay. Um, some of the counter timing is a bit is a bit tight. Um, Definitely, no, I'd agree with that. How do you feel about the Emmys? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've jumped you've jumped right into it, Joel. Um, um, you've dropped because- me right in it. Because I think that first Emmy encounter is fascinating. In I like, enjoyed it. It is the subsequent ones where you realise, ah, they're trying to make some sort of horror game here. I'm like, glad that one of the main things that you don't like about this is something that I actually agree with. Um, uh, it is that... Uh, yeah, no, I will let you talk about the Emmys because sure. um, just before you do, but like what is this like an expansion on the uh the the stealth sections from Fusion? So yeah, the uh, yeah, I'm just gonna jump right into it. The, the the main thing, yeah, that I would that dragged this game down for me was the Emmy segments. Um and I say this as someone who on recording has previously said he wasn't a fan of the previously forced stealth sections in 2D Metroid games. Um, mm-hmm. The main thing it was reminiscent of for me was not Fusion, but it was Zero Mission. Um, oh. That ending sequence I told you about where you are Zero Suit Samus after yep. the main game finishes. They just tacked on this extra bit where you're Zero Suit Samus doing stealthy stuff. Um, had a lot of that where you are so underpowered compared to the enemies that you're against that you just end up blindly running through these areas where you can't explore it you don't have time to figure out where you're going you just hope you're going to find the door to get out um and that's not the pace that i enjoy for my metroid games um there was a little bit like of that infusion with the sax however those are that's literally like two pre-scripted segments that play out the same every time um so just a little bit of trial and error and you're fine. I think the, the stuff in Fusion was okay. But the Zero Mission thing, yeah, was the main thing that really frustrated me in this whole playthrough of Metroid games. It's the only real negative experience I had with these previous games. So for them to kind of double down on that side of things and make it a large part of this game um, really wasn't for me. Um, as I say, I I like to take my time and really bask in kind of the exploration process. In Metroid games, I hate being rushed 
and I don't like not being able to explore every corner of the map if I if I want to. Um, I hate literally just running through, looking back on the map and being like, well, there's still so much that I can't go back and do right now. Um, I actually like the idea of the ME robots. I think they're cool in concept. How yeah. it's just like, oh, it's this big unkillable robot that's hunting you down and like i say you're so underpowered compared to it yeah and it is the perfect you know like if it was a singular emmy that was like a nemesis from resident evil 3 well yeah sort of like that was actually you know there's a reason for the dread in the title like metroid dread presents itself as a horror game which is something that like super metroid was like run and gun sci-fi action mm. with mysterious aliens yeah uh fusion has some of that like i horror I've, elements yeah i really enjoy the horror elements in metroid which is mainly set up through atmosphere and yeah fear of the unknown and stuff like that and then you know, like, and then you like your Metroid One and Two are literally just your they, box standard sci-fi they do what they adventure. Can. Yeah, but even they do even the- then, I'd argue that Metroid One is still weirdly unsettling. Um, oh yeah, because you, you you fight a giant brain and and just the the kind of the, the bleepy bloopy spooky music and just yeah. the kind of even stuff like how it has just like a dead black atmosphere in the background as you're traversing <laughs> this this kind of it underground is... alien world it's still very strangely unsettling i find yeah like the gate all all of them are unsettling in their own way like especially like you know even like metroid the super metroid which is like you know for all intents and purposes the most action-packed metroid game of yeah, i'd still argue it is a lot uh, well, like, maybe maybe, you, maybe this one instead. Maybe Dreads when a you bit walk it, when you walk into the the room with the first Chozo fight, mm. and it just rises from the thing, then it's just like ah <laughs> shit, yeah. Um, like that, you know, like Metroid does. But fuck me, like these Emmys, it stops being scary and it becomes annoying, which is where you immediately lose. That's the thing. Any type of, you know, like look. I don't usually hold a lot of like weight behind the title of a game. Hmm. But Metroid Dread legitimately tries to present itself as a horror game. In those like, segments, yeah. In those segments, like even well then even like between those segments, because you know at some point you've got to go into those rooms, you've got to face the Emmy, you oh, don't yeah. have any way to counter it or anything like that. There was like, genuine dread when I saw when I was like exploring and I'd see one of those black and white doors. Yeah. And there was a genuine uh, feeling of, oh shit, I'm gonna have to go in here. But it wasn't like a oh shit, I'm so scared of the Emmy. It was like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to deal with this again. After am I? that after that first Emmy, I was like, fuck me. It took me a Fuck little you. bit longer than that to get really pissed off with it. Like, like you say, that I, I think it was good. I, I think that I think the I think it's the second Emmy where I was like, "Fuck all of this." Well, the second Emmy is uh, where the areas start to open out a lot more, and obviously, yeah. it's not particularly self-explanatory. So there is a definite learning curve in with the second Emmy where you walk in and, and it, you're like, "Okay, I need to figure out how this thing moves about, how I can hide from it." do I even try and hide from it or do I just try and run past it? Like, yeah, there's a lot yeah, to figure out I, for the second one. I have no problem with learning curves and not instructing the player. Mm. Um, like, 
uh, I know that I, I had some issues with getting lost in this game that just felt like, is this game broken? Have I hit? Have I locked myself? Have I soft locked myself in? Yeah. Um, no, but I the feel Emmys, that. The, the Emmys, like, they're meant to be. It's meant to be a horror game. Like, at the end of the day, it's meant to be a sci fi horror game. There's these things that they're coming after you and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And there's even stop- elements of, like, body horror in it a bit later on. And- yeah. And, you know, like, <laughs> the moment the moment that they, it becomes annoying rather than scary is the moment that the dread just sort of sluices off and it's just like, yeah, ah, okay. Because Metro Dread's not a particularly long game. No, my playthrough uh, was 12 hours and that was 100%. You, you 100%ed it. I didn't even fucking bother. I got <laughs> what I did when I, when I found it. I found more missile canisters than I thought I would. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so at the end of the game, I had like 135 missiles or something. I missed. Um, more than enough (laughs) just more than enough but like and then like half of the health upgrades yeah I think I was missing like four or five of the uh, health upgrades and stuff like that the energy tanks and um, I think what I was missing actually was the ones that you have to click four of the parts yeah yeah Um, but like um, yeah it's sort of like the dread name sort of sluices off and you suddenly realize are these emmy bits supposed to slow the player down so they don't blast through the game so quickly you might be right yeah um is is it it's not you know i don't ever like to point fingers at anyone and say like it's padding it's padding but i can't see them as any other way because it's like they are the only bits of the game that so it's like this weird double-edged sword where i fucking hate the emmy bits Mm with a passion i i think they're really really bad mm. um but they're the only bits in the game that actually checkpoint you properly mm. um, as, as in as in like you are right outside the door before because it is a trial and error section oh, so if I... you had to fucking explore this bit over and over again to get to this door so they could go through and then die immediately. Yeah. Um, which I didn't mind. What I did mind was when you get... So, like, let's use the Kraid fight, for example. Mm-hmm. If you die on the Kraid fight, it puts you back a corridor before, which is a few, couple blocks within the map and yeah, stuff like gotta, that. you got to do, like, a little morph ball thing and bomb a you wall do, or something. And it, is, and it is just enough, just enough <laughs> of annoyance... Yeah, because that crate fight took me at least fifteen tries, and yeah. it wasn't until the next day, like I had to put it down, go to work, and then at, at lunch at work, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna fucking do this, right? Let's go. Because <laughs> it was at that point where I was like, I'm gonna ditch this game. I, it's just not worth the blood pressure being raised. Yeah. Like I'm not enjoying it. Like, and then I beat him, and I was like, okay, but I was like. Do you know what? It wasn't the difficulty of the boss that was annoying me. It was the, the it lead was up. the it was the lead up because, and I've realised like someone mentioned it on Twitter. Like this game has the best transitions between gameplay and cutscene. Yeah, that I've that's seen all like, and I agree with that. I think it's like dropping down into that crate fight with the through the mothball and like Samus immediately. Mm. You know. Samus shows so much character during those cutscenes in that crate fight. Oh my god, 
I, I fucking love the character of Samus Aran after this. Yeah. Because, like, originally it's just like, is it, she is just a blank slate. People, yeah, the, the, the kind of way that people looked at Samus was, for most of the games, it's like, stoic badass. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and then they obviously gave her a bit more emotion in Other M, and everyone was like, no, 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 put her back to being a stoic badass. Whereas, yeah, I think Dredd's done a really good way of having her show emotion, but it's like, she's just fucking sassy and angry. <laughs> <laughs> she is so done with Craig's shit. This is like the she's third like, time this, she's fought him. <laughs> this is the third time... Not including all the Prime games, like, fuck you, I am so done with it. Have you seen the um, Secret Kill? Oh, with the with the ball? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is actually disgusting, I will not <laughs> lie. It's foul. Pretty gross. Um, but it wasn't the boss fight that was irritating, because obviously, like, yeah, this boss fight's meant to, like, test your fucking strength with like you've you, you know you've got the missiles you've got yeah. the you've got basically the kit now now see what you can do with it you got the mm-hmm. grappling yeah uh, not got the grappling hook just yet you got like think. yeah you got the magnet you got the magnet and... that was it yeah it was the minute long intersection between the room the boss room and <laughs> yeah. traversing to it because not only is there a lava pit where you can go in with less health in, but like there is if if that enemy fucks you if one of those bats fuck you up on the mm. way in, like you've got to go all the way back to find an enemy to fill your health up and go all the way back down. And it it and then also like another thing with the, the like these games are designed so that if you are struggling what you do is you go back on yourself and you go find upgrades. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's that's usually the way. Yeah. Uh, how many times could you do that in this game? Because there were a few fights in this game where I was like, oh, they've boxed me in. I have to go in with what I've got, which mm. is mm. scary in a way because it's like, well, I physically can't fucking do this. I most of those boss fights I beat on a on like the um the Chozo Warrior ones. Yeah. I beat on like fucking pure luck. <laughs> because like I could talk like you know, I could pick apart most of the boss fights. Most of the boss fights is just down to my skill level of Twitch gaming has like it's it's dropped a little bit since, you know, I found yeah. new genres to get into and stuff. And of course, one of the things you'll find with a game like Metroid, especially in the later stages of the game, is that bosses will generally be easier when you've got things like more energy tanks and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's like with the Kraid fight, like I wanted to go back and get some stuff and I couldn't. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't the... remember if I, I felt like at a point where I was like, I feel like I've got everything that they want me to have. Um, yeah, like um, that boss fight where you go, uh, it's the, it's that massive mid-game boss fight. Oh, I really like uh, that with one. The, with, the, with the tentacles. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the actual boss itself, perfectly fine. Yeah. However, being boxed into the area beforehand so that I couldn't go and explore and grab some stuff, the only boss that actually properly allows you to do that is the final one yeah yeah and that's think, kind of the thing with metroid and, uh, they always give you a chance like if you've not gone back and gotten everything at this point <laughs> the final boss is gonna be now so yeah and, 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 that that. Fa- 
And fuck me, that final boss. Like, the first form is great fun. Pretty. Fuck those other two. So, so I will say about the bosses, what I've written about the bosses here... Um, Go for it. ...was, ultimately, I feel like I really enjoyed all of the bosses. Um, yeah. However, um, I appreciate that I probably went into this with more knowledge than most people would of how these sorts of things are going to work. Mm-hmm. So... I remember, yeah, you obviously you, you got to Craid a bit before me, and uh, I understood that Craid was a bit of a sticking point for you. Um, when I got to Craid, I didn't have a massive amount of trouble with Craid, but like I say, that's because I fought Craid two times before in the mm-hmm. last year, and he's ultimately very similar to how he was back in those games. So a lot of his attacks and patterns and stuff like that are just are or referenced or just carried over. Um, so fighting Craig, there was a lot that I already kind of knew and had had context for. Um, and also, yeah, with Ravenbeak at the end, um, you'd already beaten Ravenbeak by the time I got to it. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't have the knowledge that for that first phase, you can only damage him after countering him, um, I can imagine I would have been a lot more frustrated than I was with that final boss. But because so I knew did that, that... Did that tip that I gave you... When you you get because you message saying with that first phase of the boss, just don't even try until you counter him. I can yeah. see how I would have tried to at least spend a while trying to hurt him before I'd have figured out. Yeah, oh no, this was, is not. <laughs> there was an hour, Dang. an hour of me just shooting missiles, and he because it's like you can. It's not damaging him, but like the shield, the overshield that he's got over him. Yeah, because he's like glowing red or whatever. Yeah, it can go to like this gold color mm. and then he'll start doing like weirder things mm. so like he'll start challenging you to come like he'll start taunting you to come over to him yeah. and counter him i think i came across that um which there it is it is a worse fucking counter timing than the emmys um because well, like yeah dash the actual the actual way you're supposed to fight that boss mm. is actually relatively simple but yeah. when he starts taunting you if oh, you right, shoot right. him a ton of times mm. it is like it's a weird counter timing because he he like swings but the 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 glint doesn't happen until after the animation yeah the weirdest um, the weirdest counter timings i found um were the chozo warriors with their one that you could counter that was a bit of an awkward oh. one yeah, no, that I stopped bothering. You know the one with the she- the gold one with the shield. Well, yeah, because because yeah, most of them they all have shields, don't they? And it's like the glint happens as they're standing in front of you. So I'm like, yeah. oh shit, the attack's coming. He dashes at you. You try countering it. And it doesn't work. It was only when I figured out I was like, am I supposed to counter him as the glint's happening? And he's literally just standing there with his shield. Um, and that yeah, was it. <laughs> yeah, because you th- instinctively think, well, I need to do it before to do it as he's hit. as he's hitting me. Yeah, because that's video game tradition. But so that last one with the gold shield. Mm. Um, so the 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 counter there is like you're then supposed to use the grappling hook, and you can then oh, toss yeah, the shield yeah. aside. I th- this was a thing with like a lot of these repetitive bosses, which like I have an issue with the repetitive bosses because I think it does encapsulate a lot of the like it's a microcosm of what I have a problem with Metroid Dread, which is it rarely offers anything new to mm. a genre that is filled <laughs> to the filled to the gills with like there are a lot of these games. 
these days you would not enjoy samus returns <laughs> no yeah like, if you don't like the repetitive boss fights then you wouldn't like samus like, returns. I, I understand why they're there it is setting up like you need to know how these work for you know it is it's like poetry it rhymes wow. <laughs> um like I understand why they're there because, like, obviously, th- th- this boss fight leads into this boss fight, and then you can use this tactic to beat this tactic. And mm. it's like, but this, this this gold one was so fucking pointless because it's not only like a stumbling block for players that are getting to this point in the game, mm. but like, did you manage to grapple his shield away from him? So I only locked down the counter on the chozo warriors in that very last fight and i did it once therefore because that was literally the last chozo warrior of the game so i'd figured out the 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 counter in the red one Mm. so this gold one i was like i've got this down but then he doesn't it it doesn't happen the same way you're supposed to grapple it and then something happens as well so when you counter the the earlier ones does it just drop the shield straight away i think it just drops the shield and then i only did the grapple one yeah um so yeah they but the grappling hook timing is so fucking quick Mm. it is obscene like i couldn't do it again so it was just completely useless so i just played it like a regular metroid boss and shot it until it died yeah just just dodged those attacks instead of countering it like especially with a space suit and everything like that like the the gravity suit and everything Mm. where you just sort of like i can just float in the air here if i wanted to um and then what i would do is then like when it was spitting the black gunk oh yeah um i would just float right up into the top yeah and same. then fall back down so that it would aim up and then and get a few missiles off as you're dropping yeah. uh, storm missile it into fucking oblivion um mm. but yeah no like you know like um going back to like i i i i completely and utterly understand why people are raving over this yeah. Because it is it is a flavor of this genre that it is a flavor of this genre that people have been missing for eighteen years. God yeah. Like and the other attempts in between then have not been exactly the same. It mm. has been Retro's take on it, it has been Mercury Steam's take on it, which I know this one is like giving people nostalgia vibes and stuff like that and the bright vibes and stuff mercury steam have done a very good job um but like for me as someone who is i've barely grazed metroid like my most interactions with metroid is through um super metroid and smash brothers of course yeah i think that's where a lot of people will be (laughs) yeah and for for the for the most part like i am it's not that I'm like down on I think it's just like there is a there are a lot of games out there that have managed to so like the example in my review that I use is um that blood uh, bloodstained ritual of the night yeah yeah which managed to not only bring the flavor of castlevania back to players mm, which they've been missing igarashi himself wasn't it yeah like um like they they've managed to bring back this flavor and this this feel of a game and you know it is very much just symphony of the night yeah <laughs> but then underneath that 
there is like the crafting system, there's the character interaction system, there's the you know, the the legacy behind it and just the all the new stuff that they've laid underneath it to like and the weapon system and everything like that from the little of that I've played of it. Mm. Where I'm just like, okay, so why couldn't Metroid add in and then and then you see like, oh, Metroid's thing that it's added in was the Emmys. Yeah, the, and it's like, it's, it's, and it's like a lot of the uh, kind of differences and the stuff that gets added in per Metroid game. It's largely just like slightly different power ups, so that you're traversing yeah, slightly and, differently, and and you know, like the so like it, it, I'm just going to read out this bit, see what you like, what? yeah, think like um, so you know, like I asked, like who is this for, um. Like me. Metroid Dread, <laughs> you. This is what this is the thing. Is this like is for me, somebody's played all this, of the Metroid games in the last year. Metroid Dread does nothing that other contemporaries in the genre of Metroidvanias have crawled out of the woodwork while waiting for both the Nintendo and Konami to revitalize their long-standing franchises with new entries. Chairs Shadow Complex, which is a fantastic game still to this day, mm. bit simple when you think about it, but. Mm remains an excellent example of tight execution on the genre without wasting time, which I think Metroid Dread does waste a lot of time. Um, uh, so on the point of time wasting, the only time where I felt it drag was when I was going back to 100% areas because there are certain areas of certain worlds where it's like, no, 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 you can't access it this way. You've got to go round through another world and access it through this elevator instead yeah. to get to this section. That was the only point where I felt that am, kind of thing start to drag. I am very surprised they didn't just add, like, at the very end of the game, like, here's a quick travel thing, go between all these teleporting points. Well, I'm sure I read somewhere that the, near the end of the game, all of the teleport points just link up and you can just teleport around them, but I never... It would be... I, I didn't get that. No. Because I tried to go back before Maybe the final missed, boss. Oh, like, I couldn't have missed one because I 100 percent it. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's, unless there's a hundred and one percent maybe. Maybe. Um, but there's no secret ending in this at all. So no, no. It's very straight laced. Um, I thought they might at least uh, tease something. Yeah, I but, don't know. Eh. You know, this is this is a new Nintendo where they put DLC and stuff like that. True. Um, oh God, could you imagine? Uh, and then also i mentioned like hollow knight provides a poignant a poignant tale and the challenge so desired from these types of games like mm. this is the thing if you want something from that metroid like metroid provides i i get it metroid provides this whole package mm. with the metroid flavor i think that's the main thing is the metroid but, flavor yeah and i just I think I'm coming from it from an outsider's perspective a little bit too much where I'm just like, I've seen all of this before. Like, sure. it makes me weirdly, like, it's not a good game. It is not a good game. It weirdly makes me appreciate what other M was trying to do. I, I disagree when you say it's not a good game, but okay. <laughs> I, I I need to go back and actually, you know, le less 2014 Joel, more 2021 Joel. <laughs> Um, like other other M did bring like because it wasn't exactly it was you know it did, I don't want a straightforward action game from Metroid like mm. even Metroid Prime's not that Metroid Prime no. is like it's just a regular Metroid game it's Pretty just much. from first person view yeah. like um but the 
that's what I wanted from Metroid Dread was just like even like a a just a drip dripping of something new to because this is like an this isn't like I said like this is a new Nintendo like for the most part like they have mm. managed to revitalize a lot of their series by tossing a lot of stuff out and just trying something new well i think the thing um, is is that obviously this yeah this game iterates a lot on samus returns and not many people played that uh, yeah. and this is obviously yeah this is the big budget as i say kind of soft reboot for the metroid franchise that's supposed to bring lots of people in because it's on the switch it looks lovely and all that sort of thing yeah um, I'm wondering, so it's new to a, a wider audience yeah and this is this is the thing that i also have maybe to like, not just us <laughs> not just us but like but this is also the thing is like a lot of the people that have never touched a metroid game before will have touched a metroidvania game before yeah probably yeah and you know like a lot of people love hollow hollow knight they and do. a lot of people love um oh there's a shit ton out but you know whenever i try to think of them i'm like axiom verges and axiom verge axiom verge 2 there's a new one called unsighted which mm. is on Game Pass, which is apparently really good. Um, you know, even Bloodstain that you mentioned before. Yeah, Bloodstained. Um, the, there's just like you know, and even Konami are now just firing out their Castlevania games back onto the Switch. Yeah, actually, um, I forgot to mention that I bought that collection and started playing one. Of them. I had my eyes on it um, after this Metroid Dread Circle of the Moon, the very first Game Boy Advance one, and it was good until it wasn't. as with all castlevania games yeah yeah, i got to a point and i was like so it's like not not to get too off topic but there's a random element to the items that you get in circle of the moon and i just had like a bad run of luck where it's like yeah you just haven't got the items you need i was like well i ain't gonna fucking sit around grinding out and hoping i get the right things now yeah yeah screw that i'm gonna play monkey ball that's what it was And I was like, shit, I'm just gonna I'm like pissed off with Castlevania, so I'm just gonna play Monkey Ball instead and it just pissed me off more. Um but yeah, no, like I I also mentioned like I think Metroid Dread is a victim of aging hardware. Um like not is in like, hey, look, it is it holds a 60 frames a second, it docked, undocked, it Mm. you know. Where it counts, it never dips in frame rate. Looks very nice on uh, the OLED Switch, and it looks very nice on the OLED Switch, and it you know it even looks very nice on the original Switch. Yeah. It looks very nice on telly and all this, that, and the other. Uh, those cutscenes look great. Yeah. Um, what it? This is where the time wasting comes in, and I think it's a. I think the time wasting is, you know, when you die and you sit through that loading screen, mm. and you reboot and you reload into the save and. And then it, and then you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm three rooms behind where I was. I need to go back. It's like, okay, if it was a, if it was built more in line with like a last, like it is one of the only things, positive things I will give about The Last of Us 2 Mm. is that when you die, it immediately cuts to black and then you immediately load back to where you were. Yeah. And that is obviously like, PS4 is very different hardware. Sure. And Naughty Dog have made some deal with the devil somewhere for (laughs) amazing load times on hardware Mm. that is now, fuck me, nearly a decade old. Yeah. 
<laughs> nah, I scared myself. Um, <laughs> but if Metroid Dread had fast loading times, better hardware behind it, I think I wouldn't be so harsh on it. I can see that. time wasting because like, it is very clear why it is dumping you back from these boss rooms, like three or four rooms back or whatever, because, you know, hey, whatever whatever memory and however this game is built, it needs to fucking reset itself to somewhere. Yeah, um, like even before the last boss, you get plonked before an elevator. Oh my god, it is like a whole minute. But I mean, you can skip. It, you can skip the elevator cutscene. You can skip the elevator cutscene. You can skip the cutscene as soon as you get up, but it's still like a whole fucking minute. I say it's like twenty seconds, but even so, it's still unnecessary. It, fe- it felt like a minute, <laughs> especially on the thirtieth try. Fuck me. Uh, um, but yeah, no, like this is a very different Nintendo, and it is very surprising that they have just put out a straight laced mm. Metroid game. Um, with no twists, really, other than the Emmys, which is not a twist, it's just a hindrance to the it's, game. It's. I feel like that was probably trying to be the main gameplay innovation that they were really banking on for this. Because yeah, it was obviously, it, does... it was what was in the, the marketing for the game from the very start. Yeah. Um, and they I, were expecting I, that to be the big real talking point. And uh, some people really like it, other people don't. I think no, we, fall, we I, fall on the second side of things. Yeah. Um, um, but it, it it also makes me think that maybe maybe this is them laying the foundations of like, okay, let's see what Metroid is doing on an on a platform that isn't dead like the 3DS. Um not that the 3DS was dead at the time, but like it was not there was the there primary, wasn't a lot going on. No, the primary audience of Metroid had moved on mm. or hadn't bothered because they added a counter and it made it too easy um whatever you know my word of mouth uh, poo-pooed it you mm. seem to be a big defender so I'm, you know, I'm going i'm gonna mm. take your side on it Oof. um because like i trust your opinion on things mm. um <laughs> but the but the yeah no this makes me sort of think like this is them testing the waters for future metroid yeah like let's use this as not only like test bed for a metroid 6 but also hey what if we use the information we get from this to improve metroid prime 4 yeah um well like even um even in the opening cutscene when samus arrives on zdr and there's a very split two seconds where you're looking first person from samus's point of view i was like Oh, Metroid Prime Four is going to look nice. <laughs> so, oh, this is yeah, this is right on my alley. Um, yeah, I it's it. You know, like I I I'm I think we've I think we've uh, spoken at length before about why I don't like scores. Mm. Um, because like you can clearly tell that I'm sort of like I'm not completely. I don't hate the game. Yeah, the bit where I am exploring and I'm doing Metroid things is great. Mm. You know, personally, I want something new from a genre, like a series that is in a genre that is now getting wildly long in the tooth. Let's say, <laughs> um, because there are so many of them. Oh yeah. my god, Jacob! Yeah. Like I on the xbox they don't even beat around the bush anymore oh really 
there's literally a category called Metroidvania. Amazing. Which I, is wild to see. Well, yeah. If I, you put it into if you put it into Game Pass, it will bring up all Metroidvanias. All the Metroidvanias, even the ones that it just has, it's just a category that it gets slot, slotted into. Yeah, I, I, I thought the commonly used term across the the internet was search action was now the official. Yeah, they couldn't get to fuck search action. Search action, not corner scratcher either. Ah, uh, corner <laughs> scratcher sounds like you've got an itch on your balls. <laughs> like, ah, uh, oh, people who I'm sorry, the people who say search action can search get fucked. Search people say search action are the same people that still use the word tune for their character in World of Warcraft. Tune. Oh man. <laughs> uh, let me get my let me just load let me make oh, a new tune. tune. I'm re-rolling a new tune. Oh, it's like God. fuck you. I um piece of shit. I have so, some some of my random thoughts I've jotted down just to make sure I Go cover everything. I am I am I am yeah, no, just just to finish on the score thing, like yeah, you know, yeah. I've had to give it a score and I'm like, hey, I don't oh, yeah. like giving it a score, but thankfully the score box seems broken at the minute, so hey. <laughs> don't have to um, give it a score. I'm giving it a zero out of five, apparently. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, because I mean obviously, yeah, this was probably my most anticipated game of the year. Yeah. Um thought random thoughts that I have jotted down. Um we have touched on it quite a lot from the gameplay side of things but this definitely did feel like the steepest difficulty curve of all the metro games i've played yeah um doesn't fuck around from the very start like no i think you know immediately that this is this would be the perfect game to have a demo and it's surprising that it doesn't because there is a lot of people that are going to get turned off within that first hour and be very sore that they've spent yeah, I read someone someone on the, the Metro community uh, that I'm part of said that people, I think once people disassociate the idea specifically for this game that dying means you're bad, um, once you kind of get that thought out of your head, you become a lot more okay with the difficulty in that dying yeah. is a very normal part of Metroid Dread um, and it's not necessarily an indication of how good you are at the game. There's just a lot of... The trial and error stuff, which I personally am not a huge fan of trial and error in video games. Um, and just, yeah, a lot of figuring out that you have to do. And sometimes that just involves dying, especially with things like the Emmys. Um, I can definitely see, yeah, why this would maybe turn some new, quite a few of the newcomers off to these games. Um, and I do somewhat question how good of an idea it is to make the game this difficult when it is going to be this first game that a lot of people are going to be playing. Um, I'm not saying make it like massively easy, but with this, oh. with this being the first 2D Metroid game that a lot of people are going to have played, if people get instantly turned off because it's really hard, then they're not going to get into the series. And this is supposed to be like a, a jumping off point for a lot of people. So yeah, but, I, I but do all, question the thought yeah. process behind that. But also at the same time, a lot of people kind of are commending it on its difficulty as well, saying it's not one of these, you know, new games that hold your hand and all that sort of thing. You know, these proper old school crowd that love difficult well, shit. Well, the thing is, is like, you know, on that point of like turning people off, I think like the video game audience as a whole has changed. Mm. Um, if you, there is, there was a great tweet going around on uh, launch day. It's like someone saying like, guys, it's very clearly like some 15 year old who is, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, ah, uh, baby's first Metroid. 
Um, <laughs> and it's like they were describing it like, guys, if you're stuck in Metroid, it's like Dark Souls where you need to go find more stuff. Mm. And it's like, it's like oh. the Dark Souls. <laughs> but like the video game audience has changed. Like, you know, I mean, even like, I've um, changed in a lot of those ways. Like I used to play yeah. a lot of these games when I was younger. But now if a game doesn't either convey something to me quite well or explain it to me, I start getting pissed off at the game where I'm like, how the fuck was I supposed to know this? Yeah, like, and, you know, Metroid is ve- Metroid Dread is very good at, like, There's... making you feel dumb at sure. some point. Yeah, because uh, there, are, a... there are times when it's hard to know where to go and stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah, like, you know, that's part and parcel of Metroid, mm. though. Um, but, like... You know, I think the video game audience is going to be very accepting of this because of its difficulty. Sure. Because a lot of kids now play a lot of fucking difficult video games. Like, well, not yeah. even like, even when you think about like, ah, Minecraft, it's for babies. It's like, nah, that shit's. These kids are grown up on roguelites. Yeah. Like, this is nothing compared to what some of these kids go through with like Five Nights at Freddy's, which is all random. Yeah, um, shit like Kaizo Mario and <laughs> Kaizo Mario. You know, like that was our age, though. I think true. I I remember stuff uh, like yeah, like I want to be the guy and all of that. Ah, I want to be the guy. Yeah. yeah, I follow that guy on Twitter. The guy who made it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, yeah, no, like Metroid. You know, it's not. It's nowhere near the difficulty of I want to be the guy. I want to be no, the guy no, was a parody of, of that that era of like. Yeah, we're gonna make a difficult video game, and it's like, okay, it'll be funny. Is is <laughs> it'll be funny to, t- like, you know, if I want to be the guy had released like a few years later, it would be in like some, uh, it'd be like on a PewDiePie thumbnail of oh, like God, him yeah. with a big mouth, <laughs> something I don't know, most difficult game ever made, yeah, ever made, um, um, yeah, yeah, on that, yeah, but on the difficulty point, I think like you're right. But also, I think the video game audience has changed to the point of like, sure. because of the popularity of Dark Souls, which is a fucking wild thing to say mm. when you think about it. Strange when you phenomenon. think about when you think about From Software, like Dark Souls and Demon Souls were fucking spiritual successors to Kingsfield, yeah, which were so notoriously obtuse that they <laughs> sold they sold so poorly that. Uh, people question why from software didn't go bankrupt well yeah and it's because people fucking love difficulty shit like that. Difficult it's like shit, a badge but, of honor yeah but like i do feel sorry for the 10 year old that's going to get this game for christmas yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um i will also say we haven't really sp- spoken about um the powers specifically um yeah and how they kind of influence exploration um the best new stuff for me uh, I would say would be the magnet wall climb and the Aeon dash that you get. Um, I did ne- like the dash. Never been a dash in a Metroid game before. <laughs> so it's kind of liberating having this move that, yeah, you can just kind of zip forward very quickly um, with, yeah, the also the, yeah, the magnet wall climb being a real eye opener for exploration, how you can use the kind of, well, it's, it's like one of the main sort of means of traversal. Uh, and then you combine that with the grappling beam, which can latch onto the blue walls. And it just means there are some areas of the game where you can just absolutely fly through them because you're just really smoothly moving from blue magnet bit to blue magnet bit by going 
using your grapple beam, drop is, down, shoot another one. Yeah, it's great. It is one of the best grappling hooks in video games I think I've used in a while, mm. mostly because it is very, very simple. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, it, yeah. There, there, is, there, is no, there is no complicated jump puzzles with it. There is no... It is literally, you're going to use this to grab this thing mm. and you're going to use it to then grab this other thing and then slide along the rail. Yeah, to, that's fun. <laughs> um, the only time it ever got stressful was when you like had to fucking manage that one of the last Emmys, the one that could yeah. freeze you, um, or the boss fight underwater, mm. Um, mm. which was actually a lot of fun when I think about it. Yeah, that was one of the good bosses, yeah. Um, there was also the invisibility that they brought in, which uh, was mainly for the emmy purposes yeah um, otherwise they just had kind of a couple doors for it i could live yeah, without it that th- th- those doors like you're like ah this is going to be a thing throughout this game and then it's like nah they're gone you've got <laughs> the invisibility like... now so they're just not in the later areas there's no point yeah there's no point there's yeah. no point to them in the areas that they're in not really yeah I uh, it's, just, it's just another emmy means area. of being like don't go here yet pretty much yeah. um so they may as well have just been like you know, missile doors or cold areas or whatever. Um, surprisingly late for you to get the morph ball as well. Um, yes. Which was a big thing I saw online. <laughs> as soon as you get that fucking morph ball, that entire game opens up. To be fair, yeah, the morph ball being something that you get at the very start of the game, or you do just start with it sometimes, um, You, I don't think you really appreciate just how useful it is until you play something like Dread where you get it like a third of the way through the game when you're like, oh my God, thank God, I finally have this and I can go all these places without having to slide and stuff. Um, yeah, no, I, it's an interesting choice. And I actually, looking back, I thought it was quite a cool one because it's yeah a bit different to previous Metroid games. You usually just get it straight away. Um, also, Screw Attack still kicks ass. Um, you could just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just every Metroid game, you just mow shit down with the Screw Attack and it's the best. Um, it yeah. is it is hilarious going through some of those earlier areas of like know. <laughs> the, the, you know the you know the robots that fucking hammer the ground and send that yeah. shockwave through and you're just like eh fuck you nope no. <laughs> um secrets and kind of finding those i spoke about how they handled it in samus returns back when i spoke about that on the podcast um this seems to be a bit more of a happy medium um where instead of having the scan pulse which will basically just show you where the secret is and you've just got to actually go to it and see the actually figure out the puzzle of how to get to it this just kind of flashes up a vague area on the map instead um which is yeah not quite as handholdy as samus returns was it might appease some of the more diehard metroid fans a bit more who were like i just want to shoot wolves um so yeah i i think it's more of a happy medium between the two schools of thinking when it comes to secrets in these games so i thought it was handled fairly well um i think the fact that i did 100 percent the game on my first playthrough is a good sign that they incentivized me to keep getting all the secrets and not just peace yeah. out when I thought it wasn't worth my time. Um, so yeah, I, I, I still think I prefer Samus Returns and how it handled it. That's, that's just the way I am. Um, I still think it was fairly well handled. Um, story stuff. Um, enjoyed the additions that it made to the story mode. Um, this game is the one that easily goes the deepest into Chozo lore by far, other mm-hmm. than other than Metroid Prime, which does quite a lot of that in kind of its logs, which, you know, who wants to read that? Um, there it, that, that, it was very surprising to 
spend a majority of the 30-minute bus ride that I take to get home watching an info dump Yeah, <laughs> in a Metroid game. It is like 10 minutes long. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, I and enjoy then, all the story stuff for Metroid, but that's you, never you, been you a... Enjoy... It, it, it is hilarious that the big twist in that fucking sto- in that story cutscene in like yeah is uh, is Samus says something yeah yeah she uh, she actually she says something says some Chozo words actually Let's, there's a there's uh, a YouTube video floating around that I saw a couple of days ago which was all of Samus lines in Metroid Dread and it was literally about 20 seconds long <laughs> it's her saying two things in Chozo and then her super angry scream at the end when she bitch slaps Ravenbeak <laughs> and it was this great uh, the scream is is fantastic the VA did a really good job with that yeah, scream because I mean, she was fucking angry <laughs> so but yeah um I personally actually liked Ravenbeak quite a lot. I thought he was a pretty cool character. Um, and I think it's a shame that Smash just finished because he'd be a pretty good addition to Smash, if you ask me. Um, aside from that, yeah, all of the Samus Metroid DNA stuff. Not a single Metroid to be seen. Once again, big restraint shown. I mean, technically there's a Metroid, but not an actual normal Metroid um, that you end up seeing, which is, yeah. Yeah surprising amount of restraint much like with ridley that they didn't just go look i know it's supposed to be dead but here's one anyway we found a way uh and here it is um it's uh yeah the yeah and then the fucking what was it like the computer was like adam was like and you're actually more something than metroid uh you because your dna pops up as this and metroids yeah. hide themselves as that and it's like so oh. it's to do with the different kinds of chozo and which ones can control the metroids and stuff um so she's got both yeah thorhar and uh morkin dna in her which kind of makes her it, a crazy hybrid uber badass it, it makes her sound like a muppet <laughs> a morkin <laughs> it's, it's yeah. me morkin yeah i was like they sound like bird race kind of names i guess a morkin yeah. um yeah, like we said previous, I enjoyed the kind of sass and emotion that Samus showed in this game. Um, specifically, just how yeah, how furious she seemed to be at the end of it um, when she went full suck on on Ravenbeak. It's hilarious. Yeah, um, and also the Metroid Doom laser suit uh, was real fun to play as at the end, and I kind of hoped it would be an unlockable at the end <laughs> to play through the rest of the normal game. Is oh. it? I, was, I forgot. Like, I, really I was like, yeah, I was like, ah, oh, it's not come up. Like, you can use the Metroid suit whenever you want now. But there are some really nice subtleties in the story, like um, f- specifically for people who, yeah, who have played stuff like Fusion and uh, before this, and kind of they're aware of Adam and Samus's relationship. The first, you, it's it's a nice little touch, but obviously when Samus is flying down to the planet, um it's normal Adam. And then as soon as she lands on the planet, it's Ravenbeak as Adam talking to you. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you'll notice is, is in that very first cutscene, the thing is, is that Adam always calls Samus lady. That's the, her nickname for, uh, from him. And he calls her lady in the very first cutscene. But as soon as you touch down on ZDR, Adam never calls her lady once. He just calls her Samus instead. And it's like, ah, oh, it's a nice little thing. You Ravenbeak wouldn't have known to call her lady, so that's uh, yeah, nice. Yeah. So just little things like hey, that. I'm like, oh, it's nice little, nice little lore tidbits for me to, for me to eat up. 
The uh, resident Metroid <laughs> lawman over here. I know, I know. Um, and, uh, I mean, I've already gone into the Emmys a, a fair bit. I don't need to kind of go into those again. Um, I will say, actually, one thing I didn't mention about the Emmys was that when it came to how frustrating they were for me, it was kind of on a bit of a bell curve, how I like the first one was fine and then it got more and more frustrating up till about the midpoint, maybe kind of late mid-game. Um, and then by the end, I didn't actually struggle with the last Emmy or so that much, I think because I'd just gotten used to them so much at that point. Um, it, it wasn't it wasn't a struggle, but it was just like my eyes sort of just started to glaze over every time that I died. Yeah. Because it was just like, oh, right, okay, I'm not supposed to go that way. I'm supposed to go, go that again. way. Yeah. Um, also, that Omega laser can get fucked. It's a cool Why idea. Change, it's <laughs> a cool <laughs> idea. Why change the controls of the way that you shoot guns in that game Yeah, for this one section and then... Also, it then becomes this weird game of cat and mouse, and I'm just like, eh. Yeah. I think it was, I want to say, yeah, it might have been the light blue Emmy, uh, the Freezy Boy, um, where I just, I can't remember the amount of times where I would get him to position, wait for him to come in, start shooting his faceplate off. Oh, he got too close, and I couldn't shoot it all off. Better run all the way around again, sit in position again, wait for him to come around and try shooting it off again this time long enough. And yeah, it, it was a bit of a... Not the best Say, executed. No, the 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 if you could just if it would stop if it wouldn't regenerate between each yeah. like bit, it'd be fine because it's like I'll ah, get him next time. Yeah, but it's like no, I've got to sit through the whole thing and make sure I'm in the same position because this is the most optimal way to shoot his face yeah. off, and then you know. Oh my god! And like, with the with the Omega laser as, as well, um, I remember the first, the first maybe two or three Emmys that I killed. Um, I remember getting frustrated with them, but then when I killed the Emmy at the end, it was like a proper "oh fuck yeah, I just destroyed this bitch" kind of moment. But even yeah. near the end, I was just like, "Well, that's finally over." <laughs> it was. It wasn't even a the the moment of killing the Emmy did not outweigh the the pain of the that the Emmy caused me and everything that led up to that. <laughs> Whereas for the early couple, I it, I feel like it weighed itself out where I got really frustrated with them, but it was a really good moment when I killed them. Um, and that just wasn't the case near the end. Um, so yeah, still wasn't a massive fan of that. And as I said previous, it was the main thing that dragged the game down for me. Um, in terms of the game's environments as well, they were pretty cool overall. Um, it featured most kind of stereotypical metroid areas that you would think to find like a lava area or a jungle area and then an underwater one and and so on um all looks great it's amazing seeing a 2d metroid so high res and in this graphical style like when i loaded the game up and saw it for the first time it was like holy shit this is what i've wanted um after playing all these previous ones that are all pixely and still look great just seeing something so high res seeing this kind of game in this style um was really really great um I would, however, say that I was actually also a little disappointed in the soundtrack as a game soundtrack head that I am. Um, I'm one of the people that really loves how Metroid always seems to repurpose its old themes in new ways. So the lava area, yeah, it probably will have the Norfair theme or the Magmore Caverns theme or something, but just slightly rejiggered. Um, But this game didn't really seem to do that. And the stuff that it was replaced with just wasn't really all that memorable from what i can remember um Mm. so i'm not 
against the idea of making something entirely new. I just think that what you need to put in there needs to be either just as good or better than the previous stuff you would have used instead. And I just don't really think it was. It was a bit of a shame. Um, so yeah, overall, I, I can still say that I very much enjoyed the game and it's certainly still in the running for my favorite game of 2021, partially because I've not played a lot, but also, yeah, because of, because of how much I love Metroid now. Um, but yeah, there were definitely aspects of it that I was a touch let down by. Um, not sure if that was down to the massive hype I had behind it. Um, and whether I was, it was down to the fact I'll always be comparing it to these other games that I've come to love over the last year. Um, but yeah, a uh, little bit of postscript. Um, uh, the game looks awesome, feels great to play um, a vast majority of the time, and it doesn't fail in carrying the 2D kind of Metroid mantle. Um, but it's definitely not perfect. I'm very happy that it's doing well and that the future of Metroid is looking brighter than it had in a very long time. Um, mm. And ultimately, this might sound a bit kind of wanky and a bit sentimental and stupid. Um, but I'm just genuinely grateful that this game exists for one. Um, as even if it came out and it was literally the worst fucking game, it's still you would, the game that's opened up 2D Metroid to me. Um, and all these other games now, which I absolutely love. Um, I can like pretty safely say that Metroid is my favorite Nintendo franchise not just Metroid Prime now. I've actually played a lot of the other games now. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't really have that if Dread didn't exist. So at the very least, I can thank Metroid Dread for that. And it is still a pretty good game. I think I'd give it, if I were to give it a score, I would personally give it a region of, of an 8 out of 10, but that's just me. Yeah. I, I No, I can see why you would give it that, though. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not just... It's very you, tailored you, to me and my sensibilities. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> So yeah. it is, yeah. My um, Metroid journey's over. The Metroid journey's over and for the, now. And the galaxy's at peace, as they say in Super Metroid. <laughs> now it's time to play all the Metroid game, Metroid Prime games. I was tempted. I mean, Metroid Prime 1 is one of my favourite games of all time. And that was even before um, I got into I 2D get, Metroid. I can, I can get down behind that. Maybe I'll join you on that particular journey. Um, um, and um, even as a little bonus, because I know how much the internet loves rankings. Um, oh yes, I've been making a mental note as I've been playing these games of of how I, of which ones I like more than others, and I think I have a final ranking of my two D Metroid experience. So, least favorite of all of them, I should probably preface by saying that I I still really like all of these games. Just because something is the last one doesn't mean I don't like it. <laughs> I still mm -hmm. like it a lot. Um, and the 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 bottom one is original Metroid, um, and obviously yeah. a lot of that's to do with the limitations and technology from the time like you appreciate it for what it did but oh, absolutely. at the end of the day at the end of the day hey it's like no one no one's sticking original mario bros on their list exactly of top mario games yeah um above that is zero mission which is just the remake of metroid one so it's very similar in a lot of ways obviously looks a lot nicer but then does have that pretty bad bit at the end of the game that i didn't really like um <laughs> Under that is Fusion. Um, once again, I think Fusion's great um, in terms of the atmosphere it sets and the story stuff that it adds to the franchise. Um, the kind of more simple nature and the more directed story it tells 
I think it would turn a lot of people off. And ultimately, I think I do like it, but I can see how, yeah, some people might not like that. Um, and just generally, it's quite short, it's quite condensed, which is nice in some ways. If you just want a Metroid game to blast through pretty quickly, then you can just pop that in. Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously can't compare to the slightly bigger scale 2D Metroids. Um, and this might be where things get a little bit wacky. But oh. number three out of six is Metroid Dread. Um, yeah, th- there's Ooh. obviously Samus Returns and Metroid Dread get a lot of are going to be compared an awful lot because they were made by the same devs. They share a lot of the same mm-hmm. DNA and all that sort of thing. And I just just thinking back to Samus Returns, um, I'm just like, I didn't have anything that frustrated me or was as much of a negative experience as all of those Emmy sections were, which would be fine if the Emmy sections weren't that prevalent, but there is a lot of them. Um, There's fucking, what, seven of them? It's a fair, like, 30 at least 30% chunk of the game. Yeah. And I'm like, if there's that much of it that I didn't enjoy, then I can't in good faith put it over Samus Returns, which might not be as ambitious or anything, or might not run as well or anything like that. But I consistently enjoyed Samus Returns the entire time. I can't think of a a single point where I got really frustrated with it like I did with Dread. Yeah, the the Emmy section is like, reminds me of the Poochie episode from... (laughs) Um, Simpsons, of course. Yeah. Like, whenever the Emmys aren't on screen, everybody should be asking where the Emmys are. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, like, the the loop of that game is encounter Emmy, escape Emmy, upgrade so you can kill the Emmy. Yep. <laughs> go kill to the, the next Emmy area. Yeah, and then go go find the next Emmy. There is no. Yeah. There is. It's not even. It doesn't even try and disguise. Like Adam is just constantly like. You will never live. You won't fight. Yeah, don't fight the Emmys. You'll never win. They're so strong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Dread at number three. It's still very respectable. I still think it's a it's a real good game. Um, mm. And then, yeah, Samus Returns at number two, because honestly, nothing could really surpass Super Metroid, I don't think. It's just such a war. Such a wonderfully crafted oh. game is Super Metroid. Like, I can't fault it, I don't think. Um, so much scope for how it looks, feels, plays, the story, even stuff like sequence breaking in that game is really, really interesting. And yeah, Super Metroid's just like pinnacle video games to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Samus Returns at number two, which I yeah, like I say, I don't think a lot of people will put it that high, but I really, really liked it <laughs> even more than Dread. Hey, so, Jacob, yeah. this is your list. Opinions. I got Opinions. Them. And that's the Metroid verdict. <laughs> Um, yeah, now I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. What am I going to do now? I've got no Metroid games to play. Uh, well, well, other well, than Prime. Other than Prime, but like, yeah, no. We, Why don't we Ooh. find a little series for us to work through? I have an idea that I think we've already spoken about previously, of at least something te- I've never played. Do tell. Jacob has never played a Metal Gear Solid game, Joel. Jacob? <laughs> It might be time. It might be time to get into that cardboard box. Oh shit! Yeah, the, somehow because... it's just avoided me this whole time. I know a bunch about it. I've played Metal Gear Rising, but that's that's not it at all. So I yeah. am now. I am now hotly, hotly. My brain is like, okay, 
how do we play Peace Walker together? However you want to do this. Yeah, I've never played Metal uh, Gear Solid, we, we and can I get would to love that. to. We, we can get to that when we get to it, but yeah, no, fuck yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. I need to record all the Metal Gear games anyway. Oh, there you go. Two birds, um, one stone. Furry, furry video. Two um, Emmys, one Omega laser. <laughs> well, that'll do us. Thank you, Jacob. We will return with... Uh, yeah. With things. It's good to be back. Wolf. Hey! Yeah. Um, yeah, we will probably return with Jacob's first adventures into Metal Gear. At some point soon, yeah. At some point soon. Um, the next podcast will be probably next week. Cool. <laughs> or I will figure it out. Ooh, um, what? Yes. I have, I have Comic-Con. <gasps> So it would probably have to be two weeks. It might have. Well, I mean, unless you want to record on like a Monday or something. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, okay. All that's righty. it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.